I watch these other Jadulules do it, and they suck. It's Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. It's fucking late at night, Friday night, and we're somewhere in Queens. It's Friday night and I'm in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live in the garage. I can't do it. I can't do a radio show. Will you please play the old sports song? My goal in life is to like break out of prison and open for Van Halen. There's a fridge full of this Welch's grape soda if anybody wants some. When I'm not picking on my gut, I'm listening to Life in the Garage. Midwest. Fucking Europe, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. This is my show. I said O R I A M. That's my name from the other end. Hey, everybody, this is Cone and Neutron. No, you just suck on it. Fuck the audience. Like, What's your favorite radio station? Live from the garage. What kind of cycle walks into this shit? Don't drink Seagram's Escapes. One pound It's gonna ever keep me down. Live. I saw the Grateful Dead twice. You are listening to Live from the Barrage. For some reason, this reminds me of when Slim Goodbody came to my school. You are full of shit. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake! I have a great story. Makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you, people? John Hulan, you. F you too. That's not happening in your headphones, is it, Pat? My headphones are fine, boss. fine? Yeah, I think Ryan made a switcheroo on me or something. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just trying to to prank the show. Yeah. Mm. Nobody pranks me. (laughs) I prank. I prank. (laughs) Welcome back to Live from the Barrage here on Radio Nope. We thank uh, Tree Voight's preemptive. Oh, sorry. Tree Voight's uh, You could hear, you could hear that every week, immediately preceding live from the Barrage. This Fr- week and every week. This week and every week. Friday nights at seven p.m. Eastern time. Seven. Uh, seven. That's right. <laughs> seven. Two. One hour before this program, and uh, this week was uh, Brad Weisenberger get, sitting in. He's a he's a he's a what do you call that? He's a uh, prolific guest host. He's good on these shows. So uh, and he did an all shellac set. So nice job, Brad. We thank you for that. Yeah. Don't forget to stay uh, after the show. And uh, what are we going to plug everybody's show? The tuna can. Uh, he, uh, it's a repeat. He comes on late. What's next? Don't forget to mention my show. There he is. What is it? Mario is completely ossified over there. Hello. Ooh. Ooh. That's not good. I'm here early. Ground loop. Yeah. Am I, I'm, a, I'm here early. Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. I came to bust your chops. I know. <laughs> Hello, John. I love All you. Right. How'd your surgery go? Anyway, by the way, let me just uh, inter- introduce the show. Pat's here. Uh, Mario's here. And I'm here. And uh, we're on live from the broad chair and radio. Now, our guest at the n- in the 9 p.m. hour, at the 9 p.m. hour. I'm very excited. Alex Filipenko. I love wow. science. I love good, science. John. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Alex Filipenko. He's an astronomer. He's, uh, he's a scientist. He's a mint dude. He's, he's better than Bill Nye, the science guy. Maybe this he can figure out, out our phone world. system. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For some reason, I'm not getting calls on Skype. If you try to call in, it's going straight to voicemail, so I'm going to have to call Alex uh, myself, I believe, at 9 o'clock. I don't know what the heck's happening. kind of stinks. I don't understand it. And I just figured this out two minutes before the show started, and uh, who knows. So there you go. Mm-hmm. It's a big show. Big. And uh, I've been you know, doing my research on this guy. 
I'm like getting way into science, you know? It's oh, yeah? fun, yeah. Into it. It's fun. You're watching Nova and everything? Yeah, yeah. I'm watching him give lectures. I'm reading about science. Yeah. And I I got, I'm smart. all excited. I'm all like ready to go. Cool. Yeah. I got good science questions, man. You know about this nebula? <laughs> <laughs> is that, the, is that the, the, the car you drove over here, your Subaru Nebula? <laughs> the ever-expanding universe? Yeah. I feel smarter already just reading about it. And uh, so there you go. And <laughs> <laughs> you do go. <laughs> what a great look. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you want to know about my surgery, John? I had surgery yesterday. Alex Filipenko is a, yeah, sure. What happened? Are you okay? You seem fine. You, well, I, I mean, you don't, you're not fine, but I I mean, love, I'm glad you're not like hurt. Or, you know, I like whippets, and I like whipped cream cans. Right. But going under the anesthesia, yeah, that's the best of it all. It's no. like they talk, and then the backwards, and then just you disappear into this nebula. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, if, if Michael I Jackson would, enjoyed that if too. If you're not seriously <laughs> terminally ill, the hospital is the best place in the world. Terminal. They put hot blankets on you. The they give you. They hot blankets. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they say we're gonna stick you with this. They, it's great. Injection. It's, it's great, Captain. They put blankets on you and a toe tag, and they put you in this nice cold refrigerated drawer. No, no, no. That's if you're if terminal. But if you're not terminal, the hospital is the terminal. best place. <laughs> There's a knock on the morgue. It's a corner attack. <laughs> Let me out. It's Mario. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm not dead again. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I liked my experience at the hospital. It was very nice. They have valet parking. They What's have that, snacks. Mario? <laughs> I would love to put Mario in a refrigerated drawer with a toe tag on him. Just give me some hot blankets before you put me in there because no. it's cold. So what happened? What'd you get surgery for anyway? My I, headphones are totally taking a crap. They put oh, three three marks on my knee and they then they injected me with some fluid. Right. And next thing I know, I'm floating in La La Land. And sick. I woke up and they said it's over. It was wonderful. Yeah, but what'd you have surgery on? It's my knee. I had a. Uh, a scope, an arthroscopic scope, cleaning, whatever. They <laughs> a go. nebula? My knee, my left knee. Right. So now I'm... So they, they scraped all the crap out of it and stuff, you yeah, know? And yeah, and then they, there was a, a torn, um, uh, something they call it, a menisc meniscus. Meniscus? Yeah. Yeah. And they gave me a whole jar of Oxycontin, and I'm giving away on the air. No, we're not allowed to do that. That's illegal. You to can't give away caller. prescription drugs on the air. If we only give one... The 10th caller. No one can even call in. It yeah. goes straight to voicemail. Exactly. <laughs> I can't give away Oxycontin. No, you I can't give away prescription drugs on my radio show, you I maniac. I didn't take any today. That, that's completely illegal. I don't care how many you took. No, I went to my intern party and I drank like a right. mother. Yeah, don't drink and, and mix those pills. So that's why I didn't take Give any. me those pills. Don't take... No, I'm not taking any. I was no, responsible. No, you're full of shit because I know later on you're going to sneak I'm one. I'm saving them for the camp. Don't. When we go when They're we go not camping. recreational drugs. They're for your pain, you moron. Well, you want to take them on the river or on I don't want to take any pills. I'm not a pill cruise. guy. I will take no pills. Yeah. None. Until I give them to you. <laughs> <laughs> no pills in the river. And I'm watching you like a hawk. Don't take any pills in my house. I'm not. While you I'm drink. not. I'm drinking third week in a row. I'm drinking Heineken from my <laughs> Memorial Day keg. He's been carrying around this keg from Memorial Day like a baby, it's like, like a, a child newborn with baby. Will be. Yeah. In uh, an ice bucket. Unlike you, I do not drink during the weekdays, sir. I <laughs> yeah, save okay. it for the weekends. Right. 
sure. I'm here at the bar. I, I was to be a, a That's barrage. funny you say that because I was at the Mets game with somebody who looked exactly like oh, you the other day. And you were, that's right. I broke you the You were rule. inebriated. Well, that's because I took everybody to the game. I took, I took uh, Pete. Oh, Pete. Is Pete coming tonight? I took Pete to the game and Etan Mursky, who doesn't like to stand up. Etan. Etan. He was yelling. He was yelling in glee. We won that game. That, was a, that was a great game. And then I went to the game last night, and, and uh, was it was not terrible. So good, yeah. But we, me and my brother just ran, ran around uh, City Field, sitting in different seats to figure out which ones we like better. <laughs> you can't leave. What are we going to purchase for next season? Yeah, we can see. We can see the mm-hmm. corner from I like here. This. Yeah, Wait, you like can't that. leave 427. Yeah. That was my whole first season. Oh, I'm leaving. 427 <laughs> has it all. Mm. It has the seats. All right, I'll tell you one thing about that section. So we moved down to 426, like uh, in front of that piece of plastic. On the aisle, seats one and two, right? No good, no good. You know why it's no? No, they're great. But know why it's no good? Because you can't choose your neighbors. And this lady screamed the whole game behind us. We had to get up and leave. She was screaming in our ear. (laughs) Fuck you, Duda, you stink. Oh, 426. Now 427 has the plexiglass. Well, right across the aisle from us. It was maddening. I got a fucking maddening. A dude who sits behind me. He's got to be in in his late 50s. Duda? And he just screams at the top of his fucking lungs in the seat directly behind me. Let's go! Like a fucking foghorn going off in my fucking ear. Thank God he only has like fucking the tickets like like, like four games a season. The lady's a nice enough lady, but Jesus. God. My God. And the best part is... He's got his fucking broad with them. She fucking she's giggling her ass off. She thinks it's the funniest shit of all time. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> this lady was this? sitting behind us. I seen her there before, but I was never. I always sat behind her and across. <coughs> What's wrong with my throat today? Sorry. Uh-huh. And uh, so I never got the full brunt of uh, her Long Island screaming accent right into my ear. It was pretty bad. And uh, so I, I know she's a regular too. So I know those seats are cursed. So those are out. Let's see. <laughs> 427 has it all, John. You've got the smoking section behind you. Right. You've got... What else? That's it. No, <laughs> no. There's other things. you got the seats, the smoking section, and... Uh, the escalator comes up right up there. The i got the beer ladies, my Carol and Barbara, right, my and two el- elderly beer ladies. And they're very generous with the ice. <laughs> Do you believe those guys stole my beer and then paid me $10? I made like... I usually make $10 a game. I made $80 that game. And you got to park for free. <laughs> right in front of the the train when you come out the stairs. Is this a new angle? <laughs> I know you go he, there at four. You he tell goes, me I that- figured out how to park for free. He he showed up at four o'clock to exchange tickets at the box office. Like he's gonna, you're not gonna go to every game at four o'clock. It was not that bad. And we, what are you gonna do for three hours? Well, I went to the Queens Museum. I saw some art. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the museum and I come back to the Met game, and then yeah. I have my beers in the cooler. And I wait for you to come off the train station. Right. When you said, yeah, he's like, I'm down. Uh, you come down the stairs on to the right. I'm like, that can't be right. That's like the players. That's like the <laughs> the players. Parking. Employees parking lot. You were part of the organization. <laughs> there he was right in front of the fucking joint. <laughs> and I made what a you doing, Captain. <laughs> Take a picture of me. Take a picture of me. Take I a picture s- of my pork job. I sold your ticket for you, too. Your brother's going right. show up. Oh, so this is the best. <laughs> I have an extra ticket. It's, it's 25 bucks, right? Uh-huh. So I didn't, was not looking to sell it, whatever. And Mario, all of a sudden, some guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey, uh, you had an extra ticket? I go, yeah, sure. And he's like, what do you want? He goes, uh, that guy told me 15 bucks. I'm like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. He wanted to pay 10 Right. 
So uh, he's like, oh, I had, I had tickets for the game tomorrow, and I messed up. I'm from Rochester, New York. So oh, whatever, I have, to, I have to walk the guy in, you know, just because it's, so it's not a fake Yeah, it's ticketer. not a scam. So uh, I don't even see what's going on with him and Mario. This guy just comes over to me, buys my ticket, and he goes, man, he goes, that guy's a hard guy to say no to. <laughs> because I'm, I'm trying to sell two tickets. And everybody that comes up to the will call line to buy tickets is, I need one. I need one. So I'm like, I got a buddy right over there. I was, he'll walk you in. And three guys turned me down before I talked this guy into it. Right. And then I got... Browbeat him into going over fucking... I game. made $40 from a Cub fan, then another $30. Then Pete and Eitan gave me another $30. I made a... 30 then, you got for those tickets? I got 15 each, yeah. Oh, oh. And then, and then these oh, guys, oh. we left to smoke, and I left a half a Heineken, piss warm. And they drank it. And when I got back to my seat, I'm looking for my Heineken. And they're all like, oh, they must have cleaned up. I said, you see that cracked pretzel on the floor? Did you give them a discount for the herpes? I did. They drank my, I have, I have mouth sores and they drank my beer. Oh, my God. And, oh, God. But they, they tried to say somebody cleaned up. But I was eating pretzels and there was broken pretzels on the floor. I said, if they cleaned up, why are the pretzels still there? Right. 47 minutes till and 9 And that's when the girl What time is it, Pat? It is 8.13. <laughs> The, the girlfriend made them confess, and they started offering me money. $15. I couldn't take it. I said, take five All right. Back. So can I? All right. What a uh, guy. The story's over, right? It's always over. <laughs> it's over before it started. The it's the second time I heard this story. Here <laughs> Hello, comes, Ryan. Ryan is walking in from traffic. Take it easy, Mario. What's our, you I played thought, in traffic? <laughs> what happened to the new Mario? You said you talked to somebody. Can you get Steve Winwood on the show? Oh, <laughs> Brad Weisenberg. I played in traffic. Ooh, was in, in traffic. Impressive. Impressive. <laughs> Mario, why don't you find your way home? <laughs> I don't know how I found my way here. Oh, man. You're, you're a mess, dude. Listen, all I can say is that I love and cherish you guys, and right. I realized that tonight, mm -hmm. today, when I was on my uh, respite from surgery, mm -hmm. how much I love you. I love you, too. I do. And uh, I don't want this to ever end. Well, I want all the best for you now. guys. The gentleman of the barrage, you deserve the best. Thank you. Did you have a near-death experience or something? I had surgery. On your knee? First of all, don't yeah. you know when you get put out when you, for surgery, when you get uh, you know, completely knocked out, that takes years off your life. Is that true? I believe it. Well, then I've done it three times now. <laughs> yeah, it's, bad. it's a bad move. You do it every Friday night. You don't want to be. I've never been knocked out. Put out for surgery is my favorite Cannibal Corpse song. That's <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Flotsam and Jetsam <laughs> record. <laughs> How you doing, Ryan? What's going on, man? Uh, every, I miss you guys, man. You had, you yeah. Had two, you had, yeah, man. You haven't been here in like a I week. Know. Yeah, what happened to you? You had two hours in traffic to come up with something. So what, what's, <laughs> make my radio show good. You're putting me on the spot here, huh? Alex Filipenko coming in at the 9 o'clock hour. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it's that. It's going to be out of sight, man. It's oh, going to be far out. Out of this world, right? Yeah, it's out of this world, right? <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Very good. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. So nothing, Ryan, huh? Good. It's what, do you think about, what, do you think, what do you think about in that, in that car ride, anyway, <laughs> while you're listening to Maria Melito's uh, Beatles plot? <laughs> oh, that's when I make the game for tonight. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank Technically, God. Technically, it's not texting. I listened yeah, to one of those self-driving cars. <laughs> I listened to last week, Ryan. We needed you, man. That game was a total bust. Yeah, but you can't just come in with a game with no uh, 
theme I, or anything. I had a theme. It was a rotating theme. No, your theme was, I'm going to ask you guys questions. That's the lamest shit we I ever heard in my arts, life. We I had... almost fired you right there. It's disrespectful Ryan's game. <laughs> was it really bad? He goes, I go, what's the game? He goes, I'm, I'm going to ask you these questions. I go, yeah, but what's the game? He goes, I'm just going to ask you questions. Pictionary was a huge hit. I don't know how. He did, it turned out great. Yeah. He, literally, he literally asked us random questions. No, there yeah. was themes. Oh, Jethro yeah. Tull invented the sea drill. Who invented the piano, the arts. We had the geography. Mm -hmm. We had themes. Okay. Oh, it was like, sounds it's, interesting it's, to me. It's those times that you really appreciate was, Ryan's work on the show. <laughs> I listened to that Lest show. Lest you John. take Ryan for granted. Yeah. Even you know, Tommy, when somebody else reads the news and it's horrible, I'm like, man, I wish Tommy was better. Even uh, Tommy Botstar. Yeah. Don't go that far. <laughs> you know, I, I listen to those shows. And I need think you to come you guys... back to reality. <laughs> come back down to earth. Uh-huh. We should get that guy from Fox 5 who said he wanted to sit in on the show. We should get him to come in and read the news one night. Yeah, right. Oh, I'd like to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. oh, that sounds like fun. I'd Ooh, like to be a yeah. guest on that program. Dash smashed. Come in and read the news. Brave enough to let the world listen in as you and your friends <laughs> sit around and talk at a bar. Probably yes. not a bit good idea, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't let my wife find out. <laughs> Some music. Mr. Announcer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun, fun, fun times. Wow, this Red Bull wor really worked on you, didn't we it? We should say uh, last week uh, was Pat's uh, birthday. I completely missed it. Happy birthday, Pat. Happy oh, birthday, thank you. Pat. Yeah, during the show, nice we had job. your birthday. No, we, we, we missed, uh, we should have had a birthday show for Pat, but we uh, totally, uh, I blew off the show because I was exhausted. I was going to shoot myself. Can I <laughs> offer you a Heineken for Memorial Day and an Oxycontin? No, Cotton? no thanks. I don't need a three-week-old Heineken. <laughs> Heineken skunked like out of the box and he was carrying it around. It is perfectly good beer, my friend. The, I back, have at the, the back of his hot car. It's horrible. I get no. used to it right away. That skunky beer. I keep it Ugh. in my No problem with fridge. it. Disgusting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so last night I went uh, to a, uh, an awards ceremony for uh, Ms. Joanna Fang. Uh, she received uh, 40 under 40. Uh, from the Westchester Business Council. Oh, yeah. That, what does that mean? That means oh, yeah. uh, they admire her for being one of 40 people under the age of 40 for being so successful. I just want to send a shout out, even though you're not listening, God damn it, to uh, yeah. Miss Miss Fang. Good job, Miss Fang. Miss Fang, who's she coming Frank. back? I love right? having her here. And she, uh, she's doing a bang up job on the Foley stage. Let me tell you, she's yeah. got those footsteps down, man. See, I always thought you were yeah. a Foley artist. Apparently, you don't even I, mess with that anymore. I do anymore. everything. I do everything. Yeah. No, I've been in. A, I've been a mixer lately, mostly. Yeah. And then why? Editor. Did you screw up? And they're like, why? you can't do. You, you <laughs> made the bust wrong. You down to yeah. No, you made the wrong the footsteps. Board. Being a Foley mixer involves sitting down, so it's that's pretty nice for me. Oh, um, right. And then uh, two weeks bastard. ago, I went to a. Uh, Sorry, two weeks ago I went to a Sound One uh, reunion type thing, so oh. uh, I got to hang out with my old coworkers, including Hairdo. Was so, Avi there? Yeah, and Avi too. I hung out with Avi, so that was great. Miss those fuckers a lot, man. The good old so, days. You guys yeah. all get together and do, like clap shoes together and yeah. throw horse hooves <laughs> at each other and, music, you know, and bang and old, an old high, record off your yeah. high heels on your hands, <laughs> <laughs> marching around the table. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Take your shoes off before you come in. <laughs> There's like a million pairs of shoes piled up in the front of the place. <laughs> Leonard's of great neck. <laughs> Splashing around in martini glasses. It's good stuff. Miking it up. Yeah. yeah. So fun weeks for everybody. Mario had surgery. Ryan's winning awards with Miss Fang. Uh, Pat's had a birthday and uh, has other things going on. Tommy Rockstar went, well, well he should get in here because... Uh, he went to, like, Italy and France, right? Yeah, he's coming back with the full international And he report. got engaged. Yeah. No way. 
Yeah. He Col- did it in Europe? Colette goes, did you see Tommy got engaged? Get I go, no. Out. And then I realized I had him blocked. I had to unblock him. <laughs> I didn't see Facebook. that. Just long enough. He got engaged. In Europe? Where? What city? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Lisbon, Portugal. Probably at the Eiffel <laughs> You know, he's Tower. coming in. He's coming. Yeah. Oh, we gotta ask him. <laughs> Mario wait, wait, calls wait. Tommy while John's fucking pulling his hair out trying to get the yeah. fucking. Mario calls Tommy because like he's got a down moment where John's not paying attention to him, and he's like, "So you got any stories from Italy?" I'm like, "He's coming in. A Why would he tell time. you the stories There's on the phone?" Two minutes to the show, he's mm-hmm. screaming into the phone, screaming at me, asking me questions. I mean, you know. Downtime when he has nothing. He never pays attention to me. You think I'm being mean to you, but you're in your own world. You really are. Like, I am. Uh, Br set me straight. I'm ready. To Br Arthur reform. set you Nobody, straight. Like no I'm one. I'm ready to reform. Br, please take mercy on me. No one. No one's. Uh, you know, feeling. You have no regard for any kind of anyone else's story or anything like that. Or what, Pat was telling me a story. He comes in. Oh, you're and right. Pat you're goes, right, you're interrupting my story. I'm, I'm trying to tell John a story. And he goes, yeah, you're right. So anyway, there I was. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? You're right. I'm self-absorbed. Bees sting only me. They don't sting anybody else, John, as you say. I listened to that one. I'm reviewing my radio performances, and I, I see I have a lot to improve on. Well, this is not going well today. <laughs> What are and, the what are the areas? From the beginning. I think you, you went down the opposite road here, and you're you know. <laughs> what, what, what you could do to make the show more of a disaster. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. What, what's what are these areas you could improve? Well, I could stop uh, Pubic. talking. That's, that's a that's, that's a start. pretty much. <laughs> that's not going to happen though, right? So I what can't. else? Let's not encourage him. There's much to improve on. I have a lot of good intentions. That's all I know. I can't believe the phones don't work. I want Rob Montage to call in. Apparently, he did stand-up comedy. I saw that. I, I want to hear what that was about. I was, I was laughing. Do your act. <laughs> I want to do his act on the air. Let's hear this act. Sweet. <laughs> if it's anything like his calls, I'm sure it's hilarious. If it's anything like his poker games. Do your act. No, it it does take super, super super fucking balls to do that. So I do take my hat off to Rob Montage for being able to get up there, especially knowing, like, he doesn't know he's going to bomb, but I know. I thought you were going to do stand-up first. Hey, I don't, you know, what do you, you got go, to go up there and go, hey, look at me, I'm funny. Yeah. Hey. Well, I guess that's what I'm kind of doing here. You've been doing that for five years. Yeah, so. but it's like, yeah, we're just talking, though. It's not like a, there's something sure. about the prepared thing that just, like, turns me off. I don't know what it is. I admire people who do it. Burn you up. I love stand-up comedy (laughs) by Norm Macdonald, yeah, and other various uh, comedians. But I don't know, man. Just to go up there and be like, "Hey, look, I I wrote these things down. I think they're funny." I don't know. It's weird. What's his name? Died. Uh, Who do you like? (laughs) (laughs) Comedian. Prince Reindeer. Straight to the old. No, no, the old, uh, the old guy. Don Rickles. Don Rickles died. Did a whole episode about it. You are like you could do a Don Rickles like set, and now that he's dead, you could. Pretty much steals out. Yeah, it's like Weird Al. You can't just step in. You, there's, a, there's only room for one. You can't be the insult comic after Rickles. I mean, the guy's the master. If you can't, you, there's nobody to top that. You uh, practice on me every week. There's a whole <laughs> Shut up, you hockey puck. <laughs> there's a whole generation that has no idea who he is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're trying, trying to tap that millennial market. Yeah. Millennial. We're trying to mention Adam West. Is that what you were going to Why don't you work a zoo yeah. and stop bothering Did he really people? die? <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> 
I promise uh, you. I can't wait for it. Let's call, is, let's call the space guy now. Yeah, just in case you people are uncertain, this is not a repeat. It's actually June 16th. Yeah, this is really happening. <laughs> the guy don't forget to see, six weeks ago. Don't forget to see Risk Reward July 1st at the Delancey, who stepped up uh, after the first venue fell through. We're playing with Out yeah. and, and The Knowles. So good bands there. Out, of course, is uh, pretty much uh, all the guys in minutes from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Mike Turner and those, those chaps, great bands. Right. We're excited to do that. If yeah, we, uh, I saw that it got canceled. I got afraid that Ike wasn't going to be coming to town. And I saw that uh, that it's still happening. I'm really excited. It's still happening. Uh, yeah, the venue fell through in another venue. It's called the Delancey on Delancey Street in Lower Manhattan. Has yeah. a, I've been there. Agreed to uh, host the show, and we're excited to do it. Yeah, I can't oh, wait to place. play with Out, man. Those guys are good. Actually, I'm glad there's a – I hope we're like uh, there's a band in between us. I'm going to cleanse my palate and yeah. get ready for out. <laughs> the in-betweeners, they're my favorite band. Right. Pack that truck up. Good shit. <laughs> Love that band. Well, that's the show. All right. Take through. care. Hey, you know who else died, Mario? The pizza, the guy who decided to put pizza on a pineapple. Uh, what is it? Pineapple on a pizza? Yeah. No way. Fuck that guy. How do you, you, they're like, oh, it's the guy who invented that. You can't invent, like, putting fruit on, on something. Hope he rots on the gutter. <laughs> I invented that. <laughs> Hope you suffered, you prick. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hope you choked on a pineapple. Fucking kids crying over your coffin. I'm just glad garbage. your mother isn't dead. Last week, I thought your mother died. Who? John's. What the fuck are you talking Last week, I was confused. It was, it was Pete's mom's funeral, and, and I Last got confused. Last week, he was confused. Next week, Martin Starr <laughs> from Silicon Valley. Next, on next week, he'll be well thought out. And the week after that, um, J- June 30th, will be Richard Klein from uh, Larry Dallas from Three's Company. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. That's going to be fucking awesome. What I'm a missing, run of guests I'm, we're having I'm here. missing that yeah. show. No one cares. Sorry. <laughs> Why? Where are you going to be? June 30th? Yeah. Let me check my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pad that has an eye on it. Yeah. <laughs> Take a memo in your neutron. <laughs> uh, it's my son's birthday. I'm taking your kids to the Met game. Oh, good. Hey. Have fun. Take mine, too. No, your kids are why do you do that house. during the show? You can't do that during the show. What do you mean? Why, why are you going to the Mets game during the show? Because his birthday is that night. So? I'm taking nine kids to the Mets game with me. Nine. How old is he? He's going to be 13. He's it's finally like he's 37 years old. Teenager. <laughs> he's a man now. I, he played his Little League game. He's, he's taking his kids, too. <laughs> Listen, his Little League season just finished. Hey, want to ride? I'm going to run Conkoma. <laughs> he batted 545 wow. over 12 games, and he keeps hitting the ball. He hit a ball 250 feet and hit the tree, and they called it a double. Double. And then the manager on the other team is like, I want to see his birth certificate. And I go, he's my son. I, it's hard to explain that this giant is like my son. My, my, I walk in the other day. My wife is washing That's him. my Jesus son. The other coach is a birther. You exactly. know that yeah. That's no monster. That's my son. <laughs> yeah, that was Kenya. Trump. <laughs> Trump was coaching the other see team. The birth certificate. Man, to yeah. see the birth certificate. You know that story where they, they take a, a big bird egg and they put it in a little bird's nest? And then the bird hatches. It's like and a parable. The mo- and the mother takes care of it, even though the bird parable? grows up to be like a giant. That's my son and my wife. I walk in. It's a dream you have when you're on acid after seeing Jethro Tull. She's reaching up six feet in the air. Quaaludes are making a comeback. the acne cream on his face. <laughs> I'm like, you're just like the mother who's taking care of the dodo bird. Can't you see you're just a little canary? He's a giant. Yes. Yeah, he's a, he was throwing me elbows on the basketball oh court like Bill Ambeer. I was going to knock that kid on his ass. <laughs> he hit a shot that went 
at least 250, and it hit a tree like 20 feet up, and it was 250 to the tree. Why are there trees in the outfield? Because it's you're playing in the park. <laughs> yeah, it's a baseball field. There's no trees in the in the outfield. The, the the tree was the foul pole, so it hit the tree and went <laughs> to the right. What are you paying for this league where the tree is the foul pole? <laughs> it's two hundred bucks. Twelve games. We, we lost. Do you get a discount for we being lost the manager? In the first round of the. I don't because I'm the assistant. I'm never. The, are you wearing the uniform of the little league team? I am <laughs> never in charge. <laughs> like I'm the, always the vice president. You're wearing a suit. I'm the sidekick. I'm never in charge. I you know have a, cli- you have a clipboard? Burst that out of the pants. I do have a clipboard. You got a cooler full of beers that? for the kids after? Because I know you You got to move kids around. You got to move the uh, you know, you know, move the lineup up and down. You got to move people in and out of the game. That's right. And it just so happens your kid's the best kid on the team, and he plays all the time. It's uh, just a co- total no, coincidence. No. Last year, he struck out 15 times. This year, only five. He raised his average to 150 points. The man's on fire. <laughs> I, I, it's he like, is a beast. Uh, sign him up for the Mets. Let's right. go. He's a beast. Oh, this is the worst show ever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after this. <coughs> Alex, Filipenko coming up mm-hmm. at the 9 o'clock hour. Yeah. For a couple of days now. If it's daylight. Together we might Here by word of mouth The whole world is spaced out Dreaming of just how Holes in the road Smooth out on this ride If it's this route Yes. 
And all falls apart like space is going to fall apart at the end of the universe. <clears throat> Supernova. We'll find out when we talk to Alex Filipenko at 9 p.m. My first car was a supernova. <laughs> <laughs> Who did that song? I love that song. <laughs> Who does space that's, trucking? That's no, the supernova. No. Like a oh. supernova. Oasis? You have horrible taste. Ah, look, I'm just, I like the popular music. I like what the kids like. I teach junior high school. What can I say? Sorry, I have to text with my guest. Please uh, do the show by yourself. <laughs> well, tonight I'll be giving Oxycontin a tenth caller. When you hear the pill shaking. <laughs> so uh, we welcome to the show Tommy Rockstar. Hey. Back from his European excursion. vacation. Ciao, Tommy. Come yeah. stai. How you doing, Tommy? Tell us all about it. Wait, are you not on? He's on the one before it. This one. What's up, guys? How hey. you doing? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao, Tommy. Ciao. Ciao, allora. Arrivederci. You shake with your hand backwards. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. What's going on, guys? I missed you. You tell us. Yeah. Shit, man. I've been I've been gone for like ten days now, and uh, I've been to like three or four different countries in that span, and I'm exhausted and jet lagged, but I'm happy to be here. Jet lag's the worst. You made yeah. it. Would you get up at like three o'clock in the morning today yeah, or something? Yeah, exactly. I, it, I can't do anything about it. I can't fight it. I, Every I, time I go overseas, I come back, I'm a mess. I woke up at like 6, and I'm like, what am I doing up? And I couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah. So what are you going to do? And then you start falling asleep at 9 o'clock at night, right? Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But uh, 
you know, I got up fairly early every morning. We went to uh, Barcelona. And uh, from there, we went to... Uh, Hello. Welcome to Skype call testing service. Oh, hi. How After are you? the beep, please record a message. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, the right. message will be played back to Take you. Take it easy. All right. Hey, listen. Do Make my phone work. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead, Tommy, please. No. I'm, I'm working on some technical things over here. Dear technical. technical. <laughs> no, we flew to Barcelona, and we were in that city for just all of 24 hours. Barcelona's a beautiful yeah. city. It's gorgeous. It's like the New York of Spain. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You could say that. It is. It's a very high-rise cosmopolitan city. Right. My father was big on me going to all the Gaudi exhibits, so we yeah. went to uh, Park Noel. The Gaudi exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> you it's number one. Moscow City. And uh, we went to uh, Sagalia Familia, I think it's pronounced. What's that? Sagada Familia. In Sagada Familia, honey. Don't you know that I won't. Yeah, that was the place. And then uh, we wanted to go to the Dolly Museum, but we didn't have time, so we had to come back to it later. Oh, Hello, there's a good Dolly. Dolly Museum in Florida, Tommy. <laughs> I heard. In fact, I, I checked in when we did go to it, and it brought me into St. Petersburg, yeah, Florida. Yeah, that's one of the, the best Dolly Museums is in St. Petersburg, Florida. You never know when it's going to open. All the clocks are melted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the hell time is it? I have no idea. And we went to a, the, the Gaudi roof. He's got a crazy rooftop up there with all this crazy architecture. Right. And then we drove uh, through uh, the rest of Spain, the south of France, on the did French Riviera. We drove through the rest of did Spain. Did you go to Toledo? <laughs> no, we didn't. Did not. <laughs> I know you were up there, though. Toledo, Toledo, the home Toledo. Of El Greco. I made you out of clay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't El Greco your, uh... made that his home. Incredible. We ended up going to Nice. Have you guys ever been to Nice? Oh, yep. yeah. Have you been there? Yeah. It's great. No. The Stranglers the loved it. The Stranglers had a song about Nice. Did they? Yeah. This was like one, one of the most beautiful cities I've ever seen. It's on the coast. It's deep blue waters. and uh, yeah, It's like Windex, right? Yeah, yeah, man. It's crystal clear. And uh, it was wonderful. And while uh, we were driving through there, we where did we go next? We went to... Um, Monte Carlo. We skipped it, actually. We didn't have time. Oh, yeah. There's too many Monte things. Monte Carlo. So at, at, at poker last week, uh, Tommy goes to me, uh, is there gambling in, at Mar Monte Carlo? Is there a casino in Monte did I, Carlo? Did I say that? I believe you did. <laughs> no, he wanted to know the dress code. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it was. Did you stay in the coast road? Don't ruin my joke. I did, I did both. Uh, first of all, I skipped Marseille because that was just nothing but traffic and did garbage. Did you drive past Nelcote? Yes. Mm. Yes, that was great. We passed that. We went to... Do you from, know what Nelcote is? It was a city. <laughs> at least all the that's what the sign said I couldn't I couldn't exist out there without the GPS by the way there was no it's the, way it's the house where the stones recorded well, yeah, oh no no no, no 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 we went we drove to the driveway of that place yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and we took a photo but it looks nothing like it did was it a nice driveway it's just like a fucking plain old boring like driveway people always say you gotta see the driveway of what it's where Keith Richards recorded, what was it, Exile? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, we went right up to that. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. Keith Richards recorded Exile. It's his famous solo All project. <laughs> <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> but it, it was hard to get to, man. I believe that with Masu Shul. And Wadi Waktel. <laughs> it was hard to get to that place, man. It was really like Twisty Roads. It was impossible Masu. to find. Twisty Roads is my favorite member of ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> but we, yeah, we found that place. And then where'd you go? Then we went to we skipped Monte Carlo. We wanted to get Frank uh, Frank Beard, uh, Dusty Beard, <laughs> Twisty Roads. <laughs> I promised John I would get him a chip from and the, Steve Jones from the casino at Monte Carlo, but we never got a chance. So yeah, thanks. Well, ne next well, time, promises right. don't mean much to you, I guess, my friend. And then we <laughs> we went to this place called uh, Cinque Terre. You guys know where oh, that is? Five Lands. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. This is this gorgeous fucking city, like uh, carved into the. 
the coast of the uh, the Italian I'm trying to figure out this guy Mediterranean oh, coastline. Oh, pictures of that. Yeah, it's just yeah, it, was great. it was hard to get to, man. More twisty roads and uh, <laughs> I like the twisty roads. That's the fun yeah. part. How, how, yeah. how. It's fun, but it, after a while, it's just like just nonstop. And we had to get out and walk all the way down there. Were you driving? Oh, so yeah. the thing was, were you driving on the left-hand side? No, I was all right. No, oh, was really? Right. Yeah. Wow, boo. Right. I wanted to hear your adventures of no, going. No, Mike, Mike, were you driving a manual yeah, or an auto? Auto. Yeah, mm-hmm. An Audi, Audi A3. Buddy. We told you to go get the, we told you it takes five minutes to drive stick. I wasn't going to learn stick in like we fucking We told you it hour. takes five minutes. <laughs> eight hours. It takes five minutes. Dude, you still don't know how. Can we, can we, no. Pat taught me once when I was like You're not a man. Listen to me. You're not a man. Can I tell you how fucking annoying these cars are? They've got some sort of like an ecosystem thing going on yeah, in these cars. They turn, they turn off. They turn off light. when you go to a fucking stoplight. Lacto yeah, yeah. Evo. It saves on the friendly uh, cars. emissions. On the emissions, right? And I couldn't figure it out. Evo, and, eco. And the guy, the, right, the guy at the car rental was evo. like, this is what we do here. And I was like, well, fucking turn it off. And he's like, you can't. Yeah. So when you what? stop at a light, the car turns off? It just turns off. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and then, and then it, you take your foot off the brake, the brake and, and it starts off again. That's right. It's got a big sticker on the fucking dashboard that explains it to you. But then there was, I found the button. There's a button to turn that shit off, so I finally turned that shit off. And uh, it was a little easier. I am a fat cat American. I don't care about My car stays on. You know, they only give you three ice cubes. The Americans use a glass They don't even have ice cubes out there. I had to beg for that shit. Oh, man, I love cold drinks. I wouldn't survive two seconds. They don't give you ice cubes. We went to the casino in Greece, and it's like we won money, and then we left, and we're like, give our drinks full of ice cubes, please, because it's like... Yeah, they just don't exist. They don't. My uncle moved back to Ireland uh, like 30 years ago and reopened a bar that he had there, and he imported an ice machine. And so all the fucking sodas would come with ice, and people fucking flip. Their I believe shit. Right, because you're they not lost getting their mind. Sodas. But still to this day, it's like, have you been to the American bar <laughs> with the ice? <laughs> you only get half the soda, but you get a lot of ice. <laughs> sodas come in bottles there. Yeah, then we drove to uh, where was it? Uh, Genoa. Which was nothing. Right, home of salami. Yes. Nothing to write home there, but then we went to Florence. You didn't send a salami boy in the army? Oh, did you see David? There was a line to get in, so we skipped that. But you, oh, oh, the massive line. This was more of like an aggressive power tour where we walked around right. for about an hour in each city, so right. took some pictures and then kind of left. Aggressive power tour. <laughs> then you went and slept at the bus station. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, two Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer. Anthrax <laughs> and color me bad. Celtic <laughs> Frost. So what you doing? Florence? No, Florence is color amazing. me bad. We, we that saw was on Beavis and Butthead. The, yeah. fam- the famous hot. church out there, whose name I can't remember. But Medici, it, the Medici that's family. It. Yeah, gorgeous. And uh, <laughs> the food. Uh, in the next hour, we're going to look at a slideshow of Tommy's trip. <laughs> Did you keep a diary? <laughs> the food over there. <laughs> Day thirty. Tommy really has no idea where he was. The food was great, but uh, the problem is they don't. Nobody serves breakfast over there, so I'd wake up around ten o'clock, and then, then they would just send me salami and mozzarella for breakfast. That know? is what's bread. wrong with mozzarella. that? You get mozzarella on a yeah, panini. That's breakfast. That. But uh, you got a little on a what? On a panini. A panini. A they little had, bread. You got a mozzarella on a panini. Uh, then we drove through the, the rest of Italy. We went to um, <laughs> Bologna, where we went to see Guns N' Roses. Right. Oh, that was the highlight, huh? This is why you went there in the first place. Yeah, Not for the culture, the yeah. museum. Right, come on, honey, back in the car. <laughs> the centuries-old statues. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta you went, you went to hurry s- up and wait for Axel Guns N' Roses. Road, the real, Roses. You went to see a washed-up junkie. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them. He tr- tried to sing in a microphone. They uh well basically uh they played in a small town called Imola outside of Bologna, and it was the Ferrari racetrack where they test speed test Ferraris over there. So <laughs> it was like something like expected sixty thousand people, and what showed up was a hundred thousand people. Who's wow. fighting? What, what for? Really? 
It was the probably the biggest concert I've ever well, been to. I, How many people showed up? One hundred thousand people. And that's minus the uh, half the band that didn't show up, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, they all had tickets, but it was just. Yeah. It was like <laughs> you accidentally duff by a ticket. It was like Castle Donington, man. It was like fucking hundred thousand people, sweltering heat. Cas ooh. We had to eat like hot dogs on the side of the road just because there was no food around there. Yeah. Sounds horrible. And then, <laughs> it, the, man, you wouldn't believe it, man. We had to eat hot dogs on the side of the road. <laughs> hot dogs, you have on a Bologna. You guys don't know how good you have, you kids. Then we did a, a live stream of Facebook from their show, and we I played some songs to them like on the Facebook, and people were digging that. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, I made a lot of friends over there. Like there was this Italian kid who came over who like wanted to take pictures of my tattoos. And he's like, you have wonderful Guns N' Roses tattoos. May I take a picture? Ooh, nice wallet, too. <laughs> and then he was like, can I buy you beer for you and your girlfriend? The Italians are very hospitable. They, they really were. Hospitable. And I was like, what's your name? And he's like, Puzio. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's Pete, an American. Puzio? Yeah. He's like, my name is a Puzio. Now that's Italian. <laughs> it's like your news story two weeks ago with the, all oh. the names, the Italian names. <laughs> So he bought me beers and he's like, Are you on social media? And I'm like, Yeah, dude, follow me at Tommy Rockstar. Who are you, Putzio? I'm from America. My name is Ultimate Loser. Did you get him on the live from the garage? Is he listening now? I'm a big Putzio. Putzio. I, I came all the way here to see Guns N' Roses. Uh, Mr. King finally chiming in. <laughs> you think you're Putzio? Maybe he's listening. Let me send him a message. Putzio. These are my friends, uh, uh, Vincent Stunard and uh, Ricardo Schlunz. Schleppio. Schleppio. Let, me, let me send a message to Putzio. Zeppo. <laughs> no, dude, Puzio was cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he was like baffled that I came all the way there from the United States to see Guns N' Roses. We're baffled. We're baffled. That's, that's international it. to you be baffled by you. It. That's why you went to Europe. Well, partially. Partially, you had another plan. Didn't and you? then the very next day we went to Venice, which is, I consider maybe the most beautiful the city, city in the world. City of love. Um, because I've been to Prague. It's and gonna Paris. be gone in six years, you know. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, my gondola Thank driver God. thin out their ranks a little. My gondola driver was telling me that fucking. Can we just isolate my gondola driver. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to put extra work in your job, but I just Uber. Wanna... Oh, can we have that before the end of the show? Yeah, let me write the time down there. Eight fifty-two. <laughs> dude, my gondola driver was telling me that like. Hey, keep doing it. That's uh, good. That's gonna help me out a lot. <laughs> Give me a nice clean version. My gondola driver. Told me that on the uh, Giuseppe? yeah no I forget his name but he told me that like on the first floor of everything in Venice like the, nobody keeps anything because the, the in the winter the sea levels rise right and it floods out there you can't store basement. things down there because it's wet yes and the yes. water will ruin it dude so uh, <laughs> I I we got to the city and the only way in is by water taxi so we took a water taxi right. all the way in and it's just fucking breathtaking man if you guys have ever been or not been just go i've been there yeah i yeah. got well, lost for six over. hours there Did you? it's so hard to get around it's like <laughs> yeah. a fucking rat maze in there we right. gotta go over punta razia and then the uh, oh What's all the bridges. Oh, the, yeah, the, the little bridges. Uh, bridges. You've been uh, there a couple times, Marion? I did, I did. We left there and really drunk, and then we crashed the car. Shocker. Oh, that's right. You flipped the car over on flipped the highway. the car on our way to... Uh, I was going to say, there's no cars in Venice, so you can't even do that. No, we were going from Venice, <laughs> then we went to Florence, and then we were heading... I think we... Oh, no, we're going from Yugoslavia to Florence. It's one of them boats with wheels, you know? Flip that shit over. I can't. You know, if you would have died it's that an day, aqua car. My life. No offense. My life would be so much easier right now. Yeah, it would be different. <laughs> so you know, I've decided. Now that's Italian. You're right. It would be different. I. I. I it wouldn't be good. Better. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> It'd be better in the next like hour. Let's so. make out, Johnny boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not with the wipe that shit off the corners of your mouth. That's always in there. It's disgusting. 
It's a star, yeah. dude. Well, how do you say that in Italian? <laughs> uh, what's the guy's name from uh, Bologna? Nuzio? Puzio. 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 Se stai sentendo ora, chiama 837 4274. What's that mean? It means four or something. It's four, 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 six four. and one, half dozen the other. I think. If you're listening now, I told him to call in. I gave him the phone number. No, but dude, when we were there, like at I, the nine o'clock hour, we'd be talking to Alex Filipenko, <gasps> astronomer, I famous had, astronomer and professor at Berkeley in California. I kind of had the urge to uh, propose to my girlfriend that day. Did you know you, what you were doing before yeah. you left? I'll be completely honest. I wasn't planning to do it That's until, and it just spurred the moment you kind of felt it and did it. No, nah, until the morning of the flight, I woke up and I just had this urge, so I ran up to a jeweler. You and did you, did you screen print her a ring? <laughs> uh, Where did no. you get the ring from? I, I got it from a local jeweler. Um, truth be told, Leah could give a fuck less about diamonds. Um, she you got it from Italy? No, I, I got it from like a local jeweler, and uh, she's <laughs> Zell. <laughs> No, Shut no. up, Mario. Let him tell the story, for God's she, sakes, man. It's like a guessing game. I actually got her a black diamond because Ooh. Well, that's one reason, because she's a big Kiss fan. Right. And two, uh, we're just, it's the anti-diamond, and the whole diamond industry is fucked, and uh, we have no love for it. Oh, stop it. And so it is. Well, it's horrible. It's the De Beers You're chowing down on a bacon sandwich, and so, uh, screaming about how we, pigs. We totally went the other direction. What costs more, your tickets for Guns N' Roses or the diamonds? <laughs> the, the diamonds. <laughs> he, cares, he cares about blood diamonds, but doesn't give a fuck about the We've atmosphere. We've been dancing with Mr. Rhinestone. <laughs> you know, this place is going to be completely flooded out in a few I've years. been shopping. <laughs> so How do I shut did? off this fucking That's stupid eco car? Got to take out a loan. So I wanted to propose to her on the gondola. But then this fucking guy kept yapping his the whole time about like there's Marco Polo's house and right. oh. this is where we invented pasta and fucking idiot doing Tommy, his job. You gotta give yeah. him a few lira and tell him it's time to be quiet. Well, did, you, did you turn off the eco switch on the gondola? <laughs> 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 what was the moment you decided the, to propose? Where's the shut up switch. Was it, was it when your pants were filled with urine and feces <laughs> while waiting online for Guns and Roses in the front row? <laughs> dude, that was bad, dude. I had to go to the bathroom like behind a urinal. <laughs> oh, did you sit in the front this time again? No. Stand in the front? No, no, no. no. We were like of 80,000 people back. It was fucking crazy. 80,000 people? Dude, it was so many Jeez people. Louise. No, but then like, then I finally built up the nerve and I'm like, maybe I'll ask her on the gondola and then we get on the gondola and the guy goes, I tickle you all over the, the main uh, Grand Canal. You flash him the ring when you're getting on. Yeah. No, like, dummy up, Giuseppe. About to. And then all of a sudden, he, we start- fucking plan going here. He starts paddling away and all of a sudden- he, You he, idiot. I, I got a pocket full of love locks in the wreck your fucking local bridges. Ah, I get it. It's no problem. <laughs> I am Mario. You're a gondola driver. Hey, why you got to tell Giuseppe to shut up? Hey, hey, say no more. Giuseppe know exactly what you mean. Huh? And that's the way my cousin Puck Patio lives. <laughs> I'm taking a patio. He's also been a no, dude, he promises me like a 45-minute ride, and then he goes literally across the canal and parks after like 30 seconds. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I gotta use the bathroom. And I was like, what? <laughs> So we're surrounded by water. Just fucking did pick, you tell pick me you had to go too? <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're uh, rowing through, uh, you know, dirty canal sewage. <laughs> yeah. He, so he parks the fucking thing. All of a sudden, this like other tourist comes by. He goes, hey. Uh, dirty Canal is Pat's favorite Pogue song. Right? <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> this other tourist comes by with his girlfriend, and he's like, uh, how much do you pay for the, for the gondola? And I'm like, so-and-so. And he's like, why don't you, we save it the money, and uh, I get in the gondola with you. It's like a Uber ride ship. <laughs> yes. You're going to propose. Venice pool. Yeah, and I'm freaking out because I'm trying to build up the nerve to propose to my girlfriend. And I'm like, hell no, dude. And he's like, why not? Are we saving the money? And I'm like, no, yeah. dude. Come on. We're the money. Get, We're making it nice. We all get engaged together. <laughs> we split a tip. It's the That's language right. of love.
Italians, they, they're very hospitable. They the like langu- to save money. Language a nudge. <laughs> <laughs> so this, I tell a guy to fuck off. Then the gondola guy comes back from taking a leak, and then did we you, st- did you give him one of these yeah, with the, yeah, under, yeah, under the chin flick? <laughs> that move there. Did you swap? Then you use that one with the elbow. As Pat did said, you swap his gondola? As Pat would say, I, listen, I, need, I need to pick out a nice song. Uh, I'm Take gonna it, my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. right, just have you got you covered. There's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I make a nice romantic. <laughs> Slice it thin. So we're we're, dri- we're driving through the uh, the, the alleys. <laughs> We're, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, I just, I'm about to ask her, and then all of a sudden, this guy's like, oh, over there, we, you know, we, we make a salami over here, and uh, right. this is where the mafia used to run and shit over here. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't do this. And, the, dude, first of all, it's a gridlock with these things. There's like a hundred of them in all the yeah. alleys, you know, yeah. they're, they're everywhere. So, yeah. is everyone dressed like uh, that Waldo guy with the shirt? Yes, and they had a little hat with the feathers sticking out. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. The, so, the amazing race was just there. What, really? That's, were they racing gondolas? Nobody watches those shows except for you anymore. Survivor, amazing race. Alone is better than ever right now. Listen, oh, I have a bone to I have a bone to pick with alone. <laughs> this, John the shows the John sh- can't get out of his Italian I know accent. What you're say. Hey, it's, <laughs> it's I have a, a bone to pick of you. There's the, two of them now. Yeah, thank you. It's That's what I was alone. about to say. Right. Y- yes. Thank you. Wait, you. Anything else you want to do the rest of the show? No, no. It's crazy. Um. Yeah. So it's they're alone, and what happens is the whole premise of alone is you're alone, and now they have to partner up with somebody. That's not alone. But you have to find them. Yeah. They, me, you know, alone. that guy tagged out. <laughs> Let me alone. Three alone. hours there, he tagged alone, out. Can't why me? Why me? Did can't. you see the first episode? The no, lady? I, I'm not me. watching that shit anymore. She encountered a wolf, and she couldn't care less. Right. This woman is ballsy. I vote for her. So just to wrap up. <laughs> before 9 o'clock hour. Alone is actually the name of uh, Tommy's uh, new reality show as soon as his uh, <laughs> wife leaves him. <laughs> No, but after a long day of running around Venice, a very beautiful romantic day, yeah. we sat down at a tiny little restaurant off the beaten path, um, and there Lee and I had a really deep conversation and had a re- really great connection the whole trip and um, shared some tender moments. And as a l- no, sorry. You had sex under the table? We had sex under the table. <laughs> we were literally the last people to leave the restaurant. Like They folded up all the tables while we were still there. Right. And uh, we had a bunch of rosé, and we were just sitting there having some wine, and I asked her to marry me, and she said yes, and I'm wow. very excited. Oh, give me a clap that. for that. Who cried first? My little boy is getting married. Jenna Luna makes him all grown up. The staff is like... Staff is like, hey, where's the Mr. No tip going to pop the question already? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I got to hey. go home. Hey, Frankenstein. <laughs> Time is money. Frankenstein. <laughs> That's literally how that went. Very good, Tommy. Congratulations thank you. Thank you. on your engagement. Amazing. Thank you. Now you can join the rest of us. Oh, Pat's not married. Bottle of red. Oh. Pat, you're next. Pat, Pat has I been married nice already. Yeah, actually, Mario, I realize that I'm the only one alive from the Bronx who's never been married, and also the last member of Latex Generation to get engaged. Well, now you well. have a reason to show up. With. I don't know any single guy who needs to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to call it quits myself. Yeah, then I've from, had it. from there, we just went through the rest of Europe and uh, blah, 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 blah. Was it, did you feel like uh, there was a glow of like happiness after that, that... that it enveloped the entire rest of the trip. Like, totally. It, yeah, yeah, I could see it. It felt That's really, good, really good. Yeah. She's a great girl. You. And uh, you know what really put me over the edge, I'll tell you real quick, is that when we were running through Nice, uh, we pulled up to a stoplight, and there was an old couple helping each other to get into the house. Right. And they were like, uh, I, 
really old. And I just turned to Leah and I was about to say, is that going to be us in 50 years? And then I realized, instead, shoot. Instead you Hello. said, think Welcome he's going to fuck her? I realized, no. Then I'm like, dude, that's not 50 years. That's like 30 years. <laughs> right. And it just kind of hit me like, I'm 40, dude. Like, I, think, I got uh, married at 39 times. Did you? Plenty of time, yeah. 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 It just kind of it hit me, and uh, I don't know. It, it just helped put put it over the edge. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're we're very happy. For Thank you, time. guys. We're I appreciate. It. We're very it's happy. He's Tommy Rockstar. Wow. He's getting engaged. Hey. He's gonna make an honest man out of him. Hello, yet. Pete. I need that. Pete walking in. Let me try to. Uh, I'm gonna try to call our guest. Tommy, my did, phone's you, not working. did you go to Switzerland? We didn't go to Switzerland, but we went to Chamonix in France. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll tell you this last thing. Uh, you know what's really fuck crazy over there is the tolls, dude. Socialist fucking countries. I paid six with the cursing, man. With the, we're gonna try to do a whole show without saying the F word. We have a swear jar now. Yeah. I uh, I paid a serious guest coming in. Maybe like five hundred dollars in tolls running through Europe over Get there. Get out. Yeah, dude. It's crazy, crazy tolls. Well, you leave countries because you're yeah. not just going from uh, one state to another. You're going to one. Country dude, I paid sixty dollars American <laughs> to go through the tunnel between France and Italy. Yeah, but you're going to another country. It costs a lot more to fly a country when yeah, you're here. Well, still. country didn't build itself. It's like going from Maine to Canada. Dude, this was like a 10-mile tunnel in the mountain that it they charged. a lot of time, believe me. 45 euro for. Yeah, well, it did, actually. It's the only way to get to, to Mont Blanc. You didn't go to Switzerland. Switzerland is right, a great Be quiet for one second, Mary. No. Let's right. try to call this guy. I'm just Let's getting all be quiet. Not broadcast his number on the air. Drinking. <laughs> 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 have an astronomer on the line. Hello. Hello, Alex. Yes. Hi, John. Can, this is John. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I hope the connection will stay reasonably good. You sound great. Uh, you're right. When I called you, it just went to your voicemail. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a little problem. This has never happened to me before. I'm not sure uh, uh, what's going on, but uh, I'm glad to have you on. Thanks so much for doing the show, man. I really, really appreciate it. Sure. Yes. That's, uh, this is, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Alex Filipenko. It's a- yes, Alex Filipenko. That's right. Sweet. I get every. I, you know, I'm so bad at the pronunciation, so I'm glad I, I get it right. Alex Filipenko is a uh, astronomer. Astronomer. What is he? A, he's an astrophysicist. He's an astronomer. He's a teacher. He's a professor at uh, University of uh, California, Berkeley. He. Uh, I, you know, man, you have a lot of you have a lot of videos. You you love to teach people. You love giving those lectures. Yeah. And, and, and oh, it, sure. Well, you know. People have so much interest in astronomy and the universe and the cosmos, and it's so much fun to bring the universe to people in a very a variety of venues. You do look like you're having a really good time up there. You're all smiles and like you know, just talking about it must uh, it, it makes you happy, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. I like answering <laughs> people's questions. <laughs> and wh- wh- where are you calling from? You're in Cal- so this, California. So yeah, this is a good opportunity to do so. I'm actually in Aspen, Colorado. Um, I'm at a workshop where we're studying the properties of neutron stars. You know, these are stars that are left over when very massive stars, more than 10 times the mass of our sun, end their lives as gigantic explosions, as supernova explosions. And often what's left behind in the core is an extremely dense, dead remnant of a star where you might have the equivalent half a million Earths. Imagine that wow. in the size of, say, New York City. Right. That's pretty dense. That's like that's like an atomic nucleus, you know. So when these stars explode and they 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 give off this heavy, dense, you know, matter, or is that the building blocks of life? Is that what creates planets and life and everything else? Like when they, when these huge explosions happen, I know you love explosions. I watched some of your tapes. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right, John. Uh, we now have good evidence that 
in the first few minutes of the universe's existence, the so-called Big Bang, only hydrogen and helium and a smidgen of lithium were produced. All of the other elements were produced through nuclear reactions deep in the cores of stars. And if no stars exploded, then those heavy elements would remain forever trapped inside the cores of stars. But because some stars explode, only a small minority, those heavy elements get dispersed into the space between the stars, the so-called interstellar medium, and big clouds of gas can then kind of coalesce into new stars and planetary systems. And, and also the stellar explosions produce some of the heavy elements as well. So they not only um, eject the ones that were produced during the normal lives of the stars, but they also produce some of the heavy elements during the explosions. So we owe our existence to the explosion of stars. Right. Yes. And now, like, we should start at the beginning. Like, I mean, how do you, is this is how you believe the universe started? It's a, it, is it always accelerating? And that's kind of, I, I just find that like a little terrifying. Yeah. So, okay. The Big Bang, the Big Bang was this um, very rapid growth, this exponential growth, this inflationary growth of the universe that only lasted for about a, a uh, trillionth of a trillionth of a trillionth of a second, maybe 10 trillionths of a trillionth of a trillionth of a second. And then the more steady sort of expansion went for, say, 9 billion years. And it slowed down with time because of the gravitational attraction of all the galaxies pulling on all the other galaxies. So it's like you toss a ball into the air and the mutual gravitational attraction between the ball and Earth slows the ball down. But then about 5 billion years ago, it started accelerating. The, the expansion started speeding up again. And I was actually on two teams that discovered that. I was the only member to have been part of both teams. Uh, you know, I won't go into that right now, but whatever. And we discovered this acceleration, and we don't know the cause. It's sort of some sort of mysterious, invisible dark energy, we call it. And it's a, it's a giant mystery as to what its origin is. But anyway, for the past, past five billion years, the universe has been speeding up its, in its expansion. But for the first nine billion, other than the first tiny blink of an eye, it was actually slowing down. It was decelerating. And do you believe that the universe will eventually end somehow? Um, this is what fascinates me. Um, you know, if it has a beginning, does it, must it have an end? And everything disintegrates, and that we're left with. Yeah. I mean, but if there's nothing left, like how how can there just be nothing? It's more of a ph philosophical question, I guess. But uh, I mean, I don't know if you're a religious guy and how you right. par parse your faith with the uh, scientific facts, the the things that you know. But uh, just for ev for everything to end seems kind of. Uh, do you believe that? And is the universe that, that will flat? happen? Well, yeah. So, John, there, there's two possibilities. One is that the universe will someday re, re collapse in on itself the big crunch, Finally. where it becomes very dense and hot and very compressed. Or it could expand eternally, um, and that's what the data seem to be showing right now, although we're not sure yet. But if the acceleration continues, then the expansion will be eternal, and galaxies will get progressively farther apart from one another, faster and faster, in fact. And so the universe will become colder and darker and more dilute, Fun and galaxies, you know, galaxies themselves probably won't uh, disintegrate, but stars will eventually burn out, and new stars form 
from the remains of dead stars, but even that process eventually ends because the amount of gas from exploding stars is progressively less and less because some of the gas gets used up in low-mass stars, which never explode. And so after hundreds of trillions of years, you know, or even a quadrillion year for the low-mass stars, they'll, they'll sort of burn out. They'll die down, and nuclear reactions will cease. And so then galaxies will be these lumps in the universe that are dark and moving apart from each other because of the dark energy. And I guess if you really allow time to go to eternity, well, then even protons and neutrons eventually decay into fundamental particles and electromagnetic radiation. But that radiation will have a very long wavelength, like ultra-long radio waves. And that's because the expansion of the universe spreads out the electromagnetic radiation, the light as well. And so eventually the universe will be this just cold, very dark, almost nothingness, but not quite nothingness. And it'll just keep on expanding eternally. Right. Sounds like my or maybe comment. it'll reverse. You know, maybe it'll reverse and, and have the big crunch. But that's something we just don't know yet. Right. Well, aside from the reversal, is there any? Uh, you know, do you lend any credence to a theory that if the universe is constantly uh, expanding and accelerating, and if that is exponential, will it? You know, ex you know, there, there's no theory that it says that it will just eventually, you know, just explode at the end. Or it's just going to die out. Yeah. Like, you know, you ever see those videos well, where, like, a guy throws a rock right. in, the, in a dryer? And it... it yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. You, well, you should I watch mean, those. Like, go that, on YouTube, and the guy throws, like, a rock in a dryer, and the thing eats itself right. pretty much, you know? But, yeah, so the, the exponential <laughs> expansion might continue, uh, but if... Um, we, we just don't know whether it will, but if it does then that exponential expansion can be thought of as an explosion because what exponential expansion means is that for every unit of time, whatever it is, you get a doubling. So you go, you know, from 2 to 4 to 8 to 16, and you've, you've probably heard the analogy where if you put a grain of rice on the first square of a chessboard or a checkerboard, and then you put 2 on the next square and 4 on the next square and so on, by the 64th square, you have a, a mountain of rice that would cover Manhattan, which is right. appropriate given where your show originates, you know. So exponential... <laughs> well, listen, I live in a Korean neighborhood. Is <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Yeah. But, but this would be an explosion of, of nothingness. I mean, it would just be this, this yeah. dark energy which pervades the universe, but you can't make anything out of it. You can't make you know, rocks or stars or people or slugs out of it. Does it make you a little bit sad, so, like, knowing that you dedicate your whole life to this, that you won't be around to, like, kind of see what happens, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that's, to me, to me the, the worst part of dying, other than leaving your family and your loved ones and your friends, is that you never know what will happen in the future, and, and not just the future of the universe as a whole, but, you know, what will happen to humanity what will happen to earth right what will um, you know what will society be like even a thousand years from now now you know we as humans as scientists and historians and paleontologists and whatnot can study the past you know geologists can look at the layers in the grand canyon and so on and we can come to at least some understanding of what the past was like and we can make predictions about the future but they're very general they're not very specific like what's going to happen to humans are we going to outlive somehow our destructive tendencies and stuff? You know, 
what's the world going to be like in the future? Right. And, yeah. and I'll never know, and none of us will never know, will ever know. And to me, that's, that's you know, in a sense, the, the worst part of dying, you know, is uh, that I, I'm just a curious, I'm a curious mind, right? I just want to know. Yeah. Sometimes my kids say, Dad, you just need to know. And, and I say, yes, I, I need to know. Well, isn't that, um, the, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the whole point behind, uh, you know, science is the, the, the need to know. And that's, like, been your life's mission. That's right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Does no? I, I, our... I know you have you have yeah, kids you have kids and a family and stuff. And does no? Yeah. I, I, I was wondering if knowing all this you know vast information you have and knowing how the universe works makes you value life more or less. If that's if you know what I'm saying, like, do you just? I mean, there's there's the you can look up and say you know you're an astronomer. You realize how insignificant we are. You probably look through the most powerful telescopes on the on the planet Earth. And you know how, you know, we're just dust and stuff. But then on the other hand, like, like, how does it make you, how does it change your life philosophy, if it does at all? Do you, does it make you feel like, uh, you know, less important, that, that that stuff doesn't matter so much? Do you not worry about small things, or do you stress out like the rest of us? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in daily life, I stress out because in the heat of the moment, you don't think about the enormity of the universe and our insignificance in it. You know, when you're you're really? when you're in a minor in, when you're in a minor traffic accident or a fender bender. Oops. Oh, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Then, um, yeah. Then, then you know that's what you're thinking about. Uh, but, but to me, getting back to the bigger picture, yes, the the universe is, is enormous, and we're just a speck of dust. But we're the only speck of dust we know of, and indeed, I think we're actually quite a rare speck of dust that has the capacity to understand the universe and its own origins. You know, we're sentient beings that have curiosity and an opposable thumb with which to build machines right. to answer the questions about which we're curious. And, you know, no black hole, no neutron star, no star, no rock does that. No plant does that. Whales and dolphins are reasonably smart, but there's no evidence they can ask abstract questions, and they certainly can't build machines with which to help them answer those questions. So I feel that we as sapiens are in this very special <laughs> privileged position, right. and that, that makes us actually quite important, not just to ourselves, but to the universe. In a sense, we're the way in which the universe has found to know itself. Alex, this is uh, this is Tommy. I'm one of the other hosts here. I wanted to switch gears and ask you: um, Could you tell us how you got into science and astronomy in the first place? What was it uh, early on in life that brought you to this field? He was born on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an interesting question. Uh, is it Tom or Tommy? Did you Tom, say uh, Tommy? Tommy. Um, from as far back as my memories take me, I was interested in science. Uh, you know, as a kid, I would play with magnets in the sandbox. This, is, this goes back to preschool and kindergarten, I think, you or at least both. kindergarten. Uh, and, you know, I pick up these little black specks, and it turns out they're iron filings, right. little bits of iron formed with the quartz uh, from which sand is made. And I puzzled about them, and I puzzled about how if I held two magnets, you know, I held them one way and they would attract each other, and I held them the other way and they would repel each other. And then I was interested in, you know, in bugs and electronic kits. And then it was chemistry. And chemistry actually was my main interest from age 10 through 17. And I do a lot of really pretty sophisticated experiments, but I also made explosives and indeed had a couple of accidents, which, uh, you know, which led me to, in college, as, 
my interest in astronomy was rising for reasons I'll tell you in a minute, but uh, one of the reasons for switching to astrophysics was uh, a sense of self-preservation. You know, as a chemist, I could go to the supply room and ask for any old noxious things I wanted, and they would give them to me, no questions asked. But if a professor of astrophysics goes to the chemistry supply room, they'll ask, well, you know, why do you need this stuff? Right. Yeah, but like, anyway, I'm not um, making meth in a trailer to, in the desert, I uh, promise. <laughs> yeah, going back to high school, when I was um, 14, my my parents gave me a, Those a small telescope as a gift. Those Pueblos? Yeah, and... Yes? yes. Sorry? Go ahead, sorry. Your parents gave you oh, what? Um, yeah, they gave, they gave me a small telescope. I mean, I had already played with my microscopes and stuff, and I actually even requested it. I said, you know... They said, what would you like for Christmas or something? And I said, well, how about a telescope? And so they got me a telescope, and I set it up on Christmas Eve, 1972, and I pointed at a star, a bright star, and that was a thrill. You know, I looked at a star, and it looked brighter through the telescope. But, you know, the stars are so far away that even through a telescope, you don't see them as disks. They're just yeah. points. Right. So I pointed to a second star, and it looked brighter, and, you know, that was cool, but the novelty was beginning to wear off. So I thought, okay, well, in a few days, I'll go to the library. You know, the Internet didn't exist. And I'll look, look up where the good stuff is. But before I pack up the telescope for the night, let me look at one third star. And so I chose some random bright star, and I looked at it, and I let the jiggling stop, and I realized that I was looking at the planet Saturn. Right. And that just blew me away, because that night, I discovered Saturn on my own. It didn't matter that millions of people had seen it before me. No one told me to point at that star. And there it was. It was Saturn. And I could see the rings, even from this crummy little telescope. Uh, And it just blew me away, because if I could get such a thrill from a discovery that isn't even really a discovery, uh, how much more fun and thrilling must it be to truly understand something for the first time in the history of humanity? In other words how truly exciting it must be to be a scientist making new knowledge, you know, discovering new things. And so at that point, I became very firmly attached to science, and astronomy started up sort of a steep slope that eventually somewhere in my freshman year in college surpassed chemistry, and plus, you know, there was the danger I would blow myself up. And so (laughs) at the end of freshman year in college, I switched to physics with the intention of yeah. becoming an astrophysicist, physics not was what, what, a chemist. Physics was like my, I was in an advanced physics class in high school. I did terrible in it. I had like a 70, <laughs> 72 average, but it was the most, it was, it, it was, it's so weird. It was, it was the, my favorite class I've right? ever taken in high school, even though I was not good at, at it. I was fascinated by yeah. everything. Once you told me everything falls at this meters per second, once you told me that different liquids could bo- boil at different temperatures, I'm like, I was so in. <laughs> I'm not in enough yeah. to, you know, just in enough not to fail, but very fast. It was like the best thing ever. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's Jupiter. Right. And I think a, a lot of kids have that experience, and we try to bring that experience to kids because some of them never have a chance to have that kind of experience, and so they never get turned on to how wonderful science can be. So if you just expose kids to microscopes and telescopes and chemistry experiments and rocks and bugs and magnets and things like that, there's a chance that it'll click, you know, and that they'll go into science and technology uh, later on when they, you know, become adults. What's the strongest telescope you ever looked through? And when you looked through it after looking through all the other telescopes, you were like, holy cow, this the is Hubble. the best <laughs> thing the ever. Hubble, right? This yeah. is like the dream come true. Have, I mean, you, have you looked through the strongest right. telescope on Earth? 
Have I looked through which one? The, uh, the strongest telescope on Earth. Have you been? Have you get to look through that? Uh, well, no. I, I get to use the Keck telescopes, the ten meter twin telescopes in Hawaii. But all big telescopes basically don't have an eyepiece on them, and that's because there's just electronic gizmos attached to them, and so you can't really look through them. Now, a few big telescopes have an eyepiece that can be put within the uh, mechanical structure for special occasions, like, you know, if you invite donors over and things like that. I don't think the Keck telescopes have that. I think the Palomar 200-inch, the 5-meter telescope, has that capability, but I don't recall ever looking through it when I was a graduate student at Caltech and I got to use the... Five-meter telescope. So I actually don't remember what the biggest telescope I've actually looked through. Maybe two, two and a half meters, something like that. Uh, I thought that would be I like guess, a life-defining moment. The, for you. Yeah, the 100-inch the, the, the at Mount Wilson, the two and a half meter, because back <laughs> right, when right, I was right. a graduate student, you had to acquire the object that you were studying by looking through an eyepiece. And so I've looked right. through the 100-inch so-called Hooker telescope at Mount Wilson Observatory. Weren't they That's bu- probably the biggest one through which I've looked, yeah. Weren't, weren't they building a 30-meter telescope? Did that ever happen? Well, you know, we're working on it, but it's probably 10 years away still. Right. Um, or, or eight or nine years away. Um, but again, that won't be equipped with an eyepiece. Now, the 3-meter, the 120-inch telescope that I often use at Lick observatory near san jose in california right that can have an eyepiece on it and we have it for special occasions but i'm not sure if i personally have ever been up there when they had it on because it's just it's so rare right. to have it on and you know i don't even know if they have that capability anymore because eventually you know you you kind of have to move on and when certain types of instrumentation become too old to fix easily, you just kind of abandon it. And so, so yeah. well, I'm they, not they, even sure that IP's capability even exists anymore. So, so it's a monitor? Digital. Well, you know, telescopes you use with these electronic gadgets, which are, first of all, much more sensitive than eyes, and they can expose for much longer times. You know, your eye-brain combination refreshes the image 30 times a second. Um, so anyway, you know, with charge-coupled devices, sort of like the CMOS devices on digital cameras, you, you get most of the photons that reach you, and you can store them up by exposing a long time, and then you can digitally analyze the data. And so for all those reasons, electronic detectors are vastly superior than eyes and human memory, you know. So astronomers basically bro. don't look through telescopes anymore. If you, what would happen if you looked through, if you had a, the the strongest uh, telescope on Earth with an eyepiece that you could actually look through, and you and you and you went out at at uh, like you know five o'clock in the afternoon and pointed it directly at the sun, would you burst into flames? Like, would you would you be blind forever? Yeah, you would. In fact, uh, don't even do this. No, with something don't. like an eight eight inch telescope. Don't try no, I know. I, well, I I have yeah, my yeah, telescope yeah. right here, but it's a it's a mead. Brand. Well, right, right, right. So, you know, I'm saying this, you know, all joking aside, just because your many listeners, you know, you have there. Don't do it. Don't ever look at the sun through a telescope or even binoculars unless you have a proper filter. And you can get these things online. But, you know, there's a solar eclipse. But, Mama, that's where the fun is. On August 21st. and, And there's the potential for lots of people to see it. 
but also the, the potential for a lot of people to harm their eyes if they don't use a proper filter. Come on. So look you, you online were... for solar filters and right. make sure they cut out 99.999% of yeah. the optical light. I really... Otherwise, you could bat eyes. Yeah, I, I realized today, like, you don't realize how strong the the sun is and how much energy it gives off. And then I saw my cat, like, basking in the sun. And I'm like, how crazy is, is, it, is it that my cat has heat on its body and I live in Queens? Like the, the sun is strong. Yeah. Don't look at it through a telescope is what I'm going to say. That's right. You your, 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 your head will explode. Well, you know, yeah. don't even Burst look at, at it uh, for more than a second or so with your naked eye. Right. Uh, you know, there are certain drugs and stuff where people get desensitized to this and their yep. brain isn't operating right. Mm -hmm. And they've gone blind by looking at the sun for too long. Right. You never Without any binoculars or telescope, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get stoned and look at the planet? And just talking about drugs? You're not a drug guy, right? <laughs> ah, well. All right, you don't have to answer I'll, that. We got, I think we got I'll, our answer. I'll, I'll, plead the, I'll plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> you know. um, uh, some listeners need me to ask. I know I'm all over the place with this interview, and I apologize. Uh, Pluto, not That's a planet. Okay. Not a planet. Yeah. Not a planet. Right. I agree it's with problem, you. It's not that astronomers want to pick on the little guy. Planet, it's that Pluto is so little that it it's not... Um, what we call dynamically dominant. And what that means in, in plain English is that it doesn't boss around all of its neighbors. And so there's a, a ton of other little guys out there called the Kuiper Belt. Right. And so there's historical precedent. You know, for a long time, astronomers thought that there should be a planet between Mars and Jupiter. In 1801, they found it. It's called Ceres, C-E-R-E-S. That's what I have on my phone. And they yes. thought, great, oh, yeah, we found it, you know. And then in 1802, they found another one. In 1804, they found two more. And then a couple of de decades later, they started finding dozens more. And so Ceres was pretty quickly demoted uh, from planethood, and it's just part of the, what's called the asteroid belt. Now, it is big enough to have made gravity turn it into a sphere. And so for that reason, it's called a dwarf planet. And so is Pluto. It's not big enough to boss around all of its neighbors, so it's not a genuine planet, but it is big enough for gravity to have formed a sphere. Right. And so it's called Earth planet. And so even though it was demoted from genuine planethood, in a sense it was promoted to being the first of its kind, the first dwarf planet to be so named, even though Ceres was discovered in 1801 and Pluto in, in 1930 or something. Right. You know, so, um, Are you saying... Yeah, so it's not a, it's are you, not a planet. Are, are you Sorry. saying... That, right. Yeah. No, no, I... I, I I'm with you. Uh, are you saying yeah. the, cri the criteria is that uh, that uh, it affects planets around it? Yeah, it affects little guys around it. So, right. um, you know, Jupiter or Earth or other things basically either attract uh, an asteroid or a meteoroid, uh, you know, an interplanetary rock to it. And, you know, you see meteors all the time. Or they can get deflected. So if a rock misses Earth or Jupiter, it gets deflected and it gets sent out somewhere else. Well, um, Pluto isn't big enough to basically clear its orbit. It's got lots and lots of other things that are like icy asteroids. They're, they're called Kuiper belts, Kuiper belt objects, after an astronomer, Gerard Kuiper, who actually argued that these objects shouldn't exist. <laughs> it's a long and complicated argument. Anyway, they do exist, but the name still 
got named after him in a funny way, even though there were other astrophysicists that predicted it, that it should exist. So anyway, there's no justice in the world. But anyway, they're called Kuiper Belt objects, and there's a ton of them, and basically Pluto isn't very effective at clearing them out. And there are some, like Eris, that's just as big. It's a, it's a, a slightly smaller in diameter, but bigger in mass. And so, you know, take your pick. And there are other ones that probably still haven't been discovered, but there's probably a bunch of them, you know, and there's certainly many that are half or three-quarters of those size. So where do you draw the line, you know? Either you have eight genuine planets that we know of, or you suddenly have thousands. And logically, it didn't make sense to retain Pluto, but to grandfather it in and not call all these other dudes planets. You see what I mean? Yeah. I, I You know, you bring up an interesting point about, uh, you know, astronomy's is a centuries old at least you know you know it's a millennia old the people are always looking at the stars and charting them and everything else how, how does the old astronomy from even like you know let's say 300 years ago with the uh tradition and and religion and everything of the day where you know where the astronomers have to you know uh, navigate that push and pull of uh, what society accepts as real and like i guess we're doing the same thing today in, in that scientific consensus doesn't seem to, like, <laughs> make a difference to well, certain people. Yeah, you know? I mean, actually right now there's, uh, at least among certain people, a backlash against science. There's right. a decidedly anti-science attitude among some people, including crazy. some people in Washington. And, uh, or at least it doesn't really favor science and it doesn't act upon the, the findings of science. But going back to what was known long ago, you know, a lot of those people, at least in astronomy, started out back then as astrologers. And there's a big difference now, yeah. but astronomy long ago was, was astrology. And, you know, people seriously believed that the position of Mars among the constellations would dramatically affect, you know, the course of your life. And hey, wait a we second. No it doesn't? Uh, Mercury's, oh, have... My Mercury's been in retrograde for like the last 20 years. Well, there, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a very important thing for astrologers. But uh, A, we have no uh, experimental evidence, no you know, statistical evidence that astrology works. <laughs> B, we have no conceivable mechanism. Now, that alone wouldn't have been an argument, but... But you, you look at the statistics, you do, you know, about blind samples of people, blah, 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 and there's just no evidence that it works. Um, and in fact, you know, you, you can even ask, well, gee, the astrologers knew about planets out, till, out, out to Saturn. They didn't know about Uranus and Neptune. We now know about them. Doesn't that invalidate all of their earlier predictions, right? right? right. You know, because they didn't include Uranus and Saturn. And if, if they say, well, Uranus and Saturn don't, I mean, Uranus and Neptune, sorry, don't count, well, why do Jupiter and Mars and Saturn count and Uranus and Neptune don't count? Just because the ancients didn't know about them? I mean, it makes no sense, right? right, right. So uh, astrology right now has no scientific credibility, and in fact, of course. if people look at their horoscope just for laughs, that's okay. But if they truly believe that their horoscope is somehow indicating how their lives will go and what they should do each day, then that's just not substantiated by any scientific studies whatsoever. Right, and so, the uh, yeah. the kind of a uh, like we're like we're just saying the dismissal of uh, scientific consensus. I mean, as a scientist, this this has got to make you nuts. I mean, how do you how do you deal with it? How do you not go crazy and scream from the rooftops and maintain a regular life while while people are just well, like, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah well, good. good. <laughs> we, we, do, we do scream. We do scream sometimes and, and become very frustrated. But, you know, there are positive signs as well. There was In this space, thing no on March 22nd, or April 22nd. Yeah, April 22nd, the March for Science, you know. Right. So, um, so that, that was a good thing. We when you know, were there. Thousands That's of people, right. hundreds of thousands of people uh, worldwide, not just in the U.S., but worldwide, right. marched for science and said it's important, and it's important that we pay attention to it, and, you know, data on climate change, et cetera, et cetera, and not just be like ostriches with our heads in the sand. Yeah, you know? it sounds pretty boring <laughs> to me. I want to work in the coal mine myself. The, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah, you brought it up before. Um, what was I going to say? Ah, shit. I forgot. <laughs> I, I ruined the interview. I did it. I finally did it. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Oh, uh, when you were talking about uh, where we're going to be 10,000 years from now, what is your uh, right. opinion? Uh, what, what, how do you feel about colonization? How uh, aggressive should we pursue it? And do you think it's uh, possible? And and if it is possible, would you be one of the guys? Like, you know these guys who go to Mars? We had a couple of them on the show. They're, they're supposed right. to go to Mars yeah. and never come back. Like, you, because you're so into it and, and into astronomy and stuff, would you, like, at this point in your life, I know you have kids and stuff, be willing to be like, yeah. all right, I, I'll go and not come back if it was possible. I'm not saying it is. Is but it, it possible? Yeah, should, yeah. He should know. Yeah, well, well, um, r well, right now we don't know of a way to do it, but, you know, people are actively working on it, and, you know, visionary leaders like Elon Musk are certainly quite excited about it. Right. I don't know that we're going to have a colony of 80,000 people in 30 years, I don't think he does either, but I think it's, it's good to aggressively uh, think about that possibility, if for no reason other than a sense of self-preservation. You know, uh, something could go drastically wrong on Earth, and if our seed has been sown elsewhere, then Homo sapiens will continue right. somewhere, even if we wipe ourselves out or something wipes us out here on Earth. Uh, so I think bleak. Mars is a, a logical step, uh, I think that uh, it's going to take a while to colonize it because the the technical challenges are enormous. You know, there's a lot of radiation exposure during the long journey, et cetera, et cetera. There's no atmosphere. There's no water. At least not much of an atmosphere. Right. There's very little water. Um, and not to mention that, you know, state. anyone, so, anyone so, who would agree to go know, is I, a nut, and it's now we're populating the planet with uh, maniacs. Yeah, well, we'd want to populate it with uh, some some stable subset of society that's uh, you that send goes one smart guy in a positive there. way. But, but getting back to your question of whether I'd want to go there, I suppose if, um, if, if I were near the end of my life, and if it were reasonably certain that, that the rock you know, doesn't blow up and I end up shortening my life even more. The rock's blowing right? up, huge stuff. Uh, you know, uh, but if it's near the very end, it would be a very interesting place, I think, to go and never come back. And let, let's say I had you know terminal cancer. I had one year left or something like that. I, oh, now that's and cheating. And if there were what some reasonably safe way to go there, yeah, it's something I would definitely consider because right. it would be such an amazing thing. Would it be like right a, now? We're just nowhere near that stage of uh, possibility. Yeah, okay? well, in the hypothetical, but, like you know. to, to to stand on the uh, terraform of Mars would be like you know. Oh, it would be it would cool. be a great thrill. And so, <laughs> if in thirty or forty years that's the case and i'm still around to contemplate this possibility uh yeah i'll i'll consider it um of course you know it will be expensive to send people and so it's not 
clear how much good it would be to send someone who's 88 or 98 <laughs> and about to die of terminal cancer, right? Yeah. What good does that do for Mars or for establishing society oh, there? Nice. And yet it would, it would be very expensive to send someone there. I was hoping so I could I send Mario to Mars on the cheap. <laughs> send babies to Mars. <laughs> no, it, may, it makes sense to send yeah. people there who still have many, many years that they could then contribute to building up an infrastructure on Mars and to helping realize, say, Elon Musk's and a few other people's dreams yeah. of colonizing Mars. Well, how do you feel um, about the privatization? It's, it's not going to be cheap, you know. The, the, <laughs> the, uh, the privatization of uh, space travel and stuff, are you a proponent of that, or do you think that the, uh, you oh, know, yeah. it's better off in the hands of the government? Oh, yeah. Yeah? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a great proponent of that, in part because the federal government's uh, slice of their you know, the discretionary spending slice of the pie is right. becoming vanishingly small. Uh, you know, the National Science Foundation, NSF, um, NASA, National Institutes of Health and stuff, they're all, they're all struggling, you know? And, uh, and, and it's often cheaper and faster to do things in the private sector. Right. Now, I'm not bad the like government here. Sometimes a private-public partnership is the way to go. But often on entrepreneurs, you know, who are really willing to work hard and hire a lot of the best people and stuff and do things in the cheapest way possible and the fastest way possible, that's often a, a more efficient way to go than just some government and agencies, you know, lumbering right. along, you know. Okay, you, 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 okay. Going forward, sorry, this is Patrick. I'm, I hope this isn't getting too confusing for you. Um, There's a bunch of us here. <laughs> uh, do you do you see in the future uh, government-funded projects uh, such as the space probes, which it took a decade for it to arrive? Do you see like that type of research continuing with government funding, or do you think it's it's going to lean more towards private? Well, you know, I'm extremely grateful for things like the Hubble Space Telescope and the upcoming James Webb. Space Telescope and other government-funded uh, telescopes, like you know, basically the government funds NASA and stuff. But we we want to do more, and so a public-private partnership is probably the way to go, because there's just so little government funding available for the pursuit of space exploration that we want to do. And I think the government recognizes this as well. And already they're basically partnering with the private enterprise for, you know, sending up rockets and stuff to, uh, to the space station and things like that. And so, uh, it, it's going to be some, it's going to be some combination probably, be, be, but I don't know exactly what that will look like 10 years out. I'm not very good at predicting the future 10 years out. It'll depend on just how quickly, uh, SpaceX and these other ones, blue origins and others progress forward. Uh, I think they'll probably need some government help to get them to Mars, but, but who knows? If someone who's made, say, $100 billion, let's say, you know, there are people like that, gets really excited about this, they could conceivably put more money into this than the government is physically able to do, you know? Right. I'm going to so hit up. How about maybe the private sector will take over. Or what, these, what if we, um, the, what if we yeah. collected like a dollar a star? That's like, that's like a thousand billion. Dogs. I'm just going to Kickstarter. I'm going to a trillion. Oh, you know, l I'll, listen, don't I'll get hit up Jeff started. Bezos on Twitter. There's so many things. There's so many great things that we could do in humanity if we just collected a dollar per person. Right. 
it's just la- it's just laughable, right? I mean, you you look at one nuclear submarine and it costs more than all the arts and humanities and sciences and all that put together. But that's where we place our priorities, I guess. But if everyone in the world were to contribute a dollar or ten dollars, right. yes, we could so much good in the world. That's how we right? feel about this radio show. <laughs> yeah, everyone, yeah, there, give there me a we, dollar. There we go. And, and, and you know, yeah. Um, Do you worry about... And, and I, I, well, I even support, I, you know, I support the arts and humanities. When, when the proposed budget a couple of months ago was cutting $150 million, say, yeah. from National Endowment for, of the Arts and of the Humanities, that, that's just pennies when you think about what society gets from the arts and the humanities, Absolutely. right? Yeah. You know, and I'm not here. I'm not even defending space science or science at all. I, here I am defending the arts and humanities because these are worthwhile things, and they cost such a small fraction of what we put into defense, for example. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So what you're saying is that we, we should we should defend, shoot the, we should shoot yeah, the president we into should de- space. We should, def- <laughs> no, we should def- defend our country, but but you know. I don't know. It's one of these things, you know. Well, it's how like much space. Is one additional nuclear submarine going to defend us? Amen. You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, what's yeah. one more? You know, in in, in people's uh, minds, they think about the you know the economy. They think about defense. They don't really think. They go, hey, you know, space exploration seems like almost like a a luxury when actually it, it's a necessity to, to to how we understand the universe and the humanity and everything else and how we might continue the uh, you know humankind. But they don't, you know, well, right, in, in your you day-to-day know, day life, you don't really think about it. You bring up a good point that I want to mention. You know, sometimes people say, well, why should taxpayers fund pure research? Um, and there's sort of three... Oh, I don't know, polio? One is that, you know, <laughs> sorry? Polio Pardon? is probably what comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, know. yeah, you know, when you, you, look, you look at modern-day uh, technology and, and all the nanophysics, the, the trillion transistors on the head of a pin... That all stems from quantum physics from a century ago when Einstein and Heisenberg and Bohr and Planck, they had not the slightest practical applications in mind Those when hacks. they were developing quantum theory. They just wanted to understand the nature of light and the nature of atoms from a purely scientific perspective. Right. So you never know what's going to be. And if you look at GPS, which is with all of its commercial and military applications, that depends on an understanding of Einstein's general theory of relativity, which is a theory of how space and time are warped in the presence of mass and energy. So again, wow. you might think that's just intellectual, intellectual titillation, but you never know what the spin-offs might be, you know? Sure. And plus, this kind of stuff excites kids, and most don't become astrophysicists, but they're more likely to move on in areas of science and technology that are more immediately useful to society, right. such as engineering and computer science well, and listen, applied every, physics. And every, every answer, that, you know, the, every answer we uh, get yeah, comes up with us, you know, 50 it's new the, questions. It's the bug that bites them. The, um, uh, when you talked about the uh, chemical makeup and uh, in the Big Bang, it was just, what, hydrogen and helium? And a little bit of a yeah, basically lithium. a little bit of lithium. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. see when you see like uh, that were I mean you must be excited about the Jupiter thing, right? We have got a thing on Jupiter's flying around. Oh yeah, the, and yeah, the were, Juno mission. Were you yeah. su- were you surprised at the um, elemental makeup of different parts of Jupiter? Because the, the, it seemed to like shock some scientists that the, okay, the, well this part wasn't as dense and this part was made out of this. We had no idea, you know. Yeah, well, you know, all the previous measurements weren't made so up close, and they 
they, uh, you know, they, they can give an approximate composition of the atmosphere and stuff. But when you have something like Juno sitting right there, you can get much more detailed information. And it, it's been a history of surprises. Whenever we've had new spacecraft and new telescopes with which to explore the cosmos, we've learned new interesting things. And, you know, understanding the atmospheres of Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune could even help us understand Earth's climate better, and that, you know, has a practical application. Right. Sure. Yeah. It all the Every yeah. single conclusion leads to a practical solution, potentially. Wow. Yeah. And, and, Thank and you. Plus, John, you blew my mind. <laughs> practical spin-offs and exciting kids to go into science and technology. Right. The third reason is that, and this goes to back what I said earlier, humans are the only animals we know of that have this capability. And so if some people didn't do this, humanity would be selling itself short of its capabilities. Now, I feel very privileged to have a roof over my head and not be worrying about my next meal, but I can sit around and do science. I know. How do you see the planets with the roof? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, there are millions of people who don't have that privilege, <laughs> but, but, but I'm very fortunate that I do, and, um, and, and I'm glad some other people do as well. And scientists, through science, are trying to, and have been, I would claim, helping humanity. I mean, the right. standard of living nearly everywhere is going up, Lifespan is, life expectancy is going up, infant mortality is going down, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's through science. It's, it's not just through someone sitting around thinking that, gee, wouldn't it be good if we all lived longer right. and babies didn't die, yeah. you know? Right. It's not uh, just do, a cycle so do, do you feel uh, like in your life that you are have a positive attitude towards the direction humanity is going? Do you have a – or, you know. Good question. Because you sound pretty, you sound pretty uh, positive about yeah. it. I know it's hard. The harsh reality is a different story, but uh, – it seems like you have some yeah. hope, and and yeah. please give us well, some hope. It doesn't I, now that this now it doesn't sound good anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, I, I I try to I try to be positive every day because I just think that's a good way to live life. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually very afraid for humanity as a whole. I think that we're in grave danger of really screwing up the world, yeah. and either intentionally or unintentionally uh, causing our own extinction along with the overall mass extinction that we are causing right now you know integrated over hundreds of years um the, the the rate at which species are being extinguished right now will count as one of the great mass extinctions in the history of life on earth right. there have been five big ones in the past and some more minor ones well if people are around a million years from now or more they will say that right now 20th 21st century uh the sixth great mass extinction was occurring and whatever our descendants are whether they are machines or something else wow. uh they will say that humans caused this sixth great mass extinction uh, isn't that ironic yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Humans, it is. humans it, have caused the, the greatest curiosity yeah, here, here. has caused has brought us to this point, and now that maybe that maybe end? maybe humans are like the universe, and our destiny is to eventually destroy ourselves, and it's inevitable. Well, and you know this this could be <laughs> Thank you. part of the I'm on mushrooms the by the way. Fairness <laughs> paradox. You know, if there are a lot of intelligent civilizations out there, where are they? Maybe that nearly always, or most of the time, or perhaps even all the time. 
any intelligence that reaches this level of intelligence and mechanical capability is always of the self-destructive type (coughs) and destroys itself before it has a chance to get to other worlds. And that would be a very depressing answer to why we haven't detected in in any compelling way. Well, I mean, you look out, you look... You look out through that uh, telescope, and you could see that there's billions, literally billions of stars, and you know there's billions behind those, and the, the universe is so expansive, so there's li- there's no way life doesn't exist. But at the same time, the universe is also so huge that they probably haven't come here. Well, what about? Do you agree that? with that? What about that? Well, <laughs> well, Alex, let me answer that first one, and then, and then what the what about thing? Um, yeah, go ahead. But Yes, the, the, the universe is huge, and interstellar distances are huge. But if you... No, it's not huge. It's, it's expansive. Of techn- Sorry? It's massive. Expansive. It's massive beyond yeah, it, our, our it, capabilities to uh, yeah, comprehend. Yeah, it's, it's very, very big, but, but if technology continues to exponentiate, so it's not inconceivable that we would have the technology with which to reach other stars. And, you know, a, a calculation I do in my own introductory astronomy class at Berkeley is that if you had a rocket ship that was going at Earth's escape speed, 11 kilometers per second, it would take you about a quarter of a million years, that is 10,000 generations, to reach Sirius, the brightest star in the sky, which is about 8.7 light years away. It takes me long to get to Atlantic City. That's not inconceivable. You know, you just have machines or computers that are just sitting around and they're hibernating most of the time and they don't need many reasons. And in a quarter of a million years, they reach out. They, they, they reach Sirius. Okay, and so if you really if you really think that intelligent civilizations reach that capability, then thereafter the population of the entire galaxy is not such a far fetched thing. Right. And so then it becomes in question: if this has happened perhaps numerous times, then where are they? Despite the vastness of the Milky Way galaxy, it's not inconceivable that they should have populated it by now. But part of the answer might be that, A, intelligence and mechanical ability at our level is very, very rare, and when it does arise, it's possible that it destroys itself. You know. Or, or, or you know, uh, uh, an advanced civilization could, have, there's, uh, could be so advanced and so uh, enlightened that there's no freaking reason to even mess with us or anything. Or, how about this? We're, yeah. the, we're the most advanced... And everyone else is still a, a little baby. How about that? <laughs> no one ever thinks of that movie, where we're like the we're well, we're, we're maybe yeah, we're the so uh, big headed aliens so with the super intelligence. That one is unlikely, just because. Um, <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> yeah, you that job. You've listened to the show. Earth like planets could have formed billions of years ago, and so uh, you know, uh, Earth-like planets could have formed billions of years before Earth did, and so uh, if if life is common, then. Odds are that there are some civilizations that are much more advanced. Oh, now, but listen, the Earth is only six thousand years old. I don't. I don't know what kind of uh, six thousand. <laughs> okay, Galileo. Agenda, agenda you're trying hope, to push here uh, on the show. I, I hope. I hope this is not that kind of a radio show. <laughs> no, not but at going all. Back, <laughs> going back to the previous <laughs> thing, yes, um, we might be so primitive that they just don't even care. And the example yeah. I give is that. Every time you see an ant while you're wandering around outside, exactly. do you feel you know, compelled to squish it or no. to interact oh. with it? Now, I if it's in your kitchen, you probably do. Right. But if it's just sitting around outdoors and you're having a picnic and it's on some log 10 feet away, you know, who, who gives yeah, a damn? It could be you know? completely so irrelevant, inconsequential, way, yeah, and, bo- the, the and really boring. Intelligent species might not even care about us. 
Well, Alex, that brings me to this point. What are your feelings on uh, the discoveries of the seven planets out there, the, uh, the Trappist uh, system? Like, do you think there's actually a chance for uh, life to already be existing in one of those, uh, on one of those planets in that system? Wow. Well, yeah. Close. So, um, you know, I think the, the chance per planet is low, just because I think that life is very, very rare. Even primitive life, I think, is quite rare. But certainly it's very exciting now to be finding many, many more planets that are potentially habitable. And by that we mean of a temperature that can sustain liquid water on or near the surface. Which are these, and the yes. Trappist, yeah, and the TRAPPIST-1 system may have, you know, three such planets, um, if not more. And so that's quite exciting. I think it, it shows that in general there are many, many potential Earth-like planets maybe even tens of billions of them in our Milky Way galaxy alone, not even to mention other galaxies. And so depending on how rare, how unlikely you think it is for life to arise, there's either a lot of life out there or there's very little. And it, it just to, you know, right now, biologists do not know how life arises, and so we don't really have a scientific answer to that question. Right. But there's the potential for billions of uh, forms of life out there on other planets. Sure. And now, as a scientist, as a guy who knows the numbers, as a guy who knows the uh, the odds, you know, without knowing the intelligence of, let's say, an alien life, do you believe? Let's answer the question that uh, yeah. you, are you like an Area Fifty. What do you believe that uh, uh, foreign uh, beings have visited the planet Earth? That's the theory I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I. So. I. I don't dis. I don't uh, argue against the possibility of intelligent, mechanically a alien, mechanically able aliens out there somewhere. But I don't think the evidence that any of them have visited Earth has been very compelling. Right. And do you, okay. think, do you think that, uh, b besides the evidence not being compelling, do you just think that the odds are, are astronomical, so to speak? Yeah, I think the, the odds are low that Earth itself has been visited. Yeah, you know it's also funny if yeah. you look at, you look at a globe. The, the half, you know, it's seventy percent of the Earth is covered in water. So the chance of well, somebody coming is just going to land in water anyway. You know, that's just like what? Look at it. We're, we're so much water. It's because you're driving. So you're saying <laughs> that the so you're what Tom what Tommy is saying that these uh. A highly Potential. intelligent beings yeah. who've traveled, traveled billions of light years will land in water, yeah. and the mission so, will be complete. Yes. That's a, this shit okay. is a border. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, wait, well, Dr. Alley. Maybe, maybe, maybe they brought a submersible with them. Yeah. Do you worry about the asteroids? I mean, uh, how often are you looking through the telescope all the time? And I know we tag them here and there, but if one comes and, and there's, like, there's nothing we could do oh, about yeah. it. I mean, uh, do you think yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about asteroids. Uh, there oh. is something we can do for the big ones. Tell me not astronomers to worry. are doing it. You know, astronomers are scanning the skies in order mm -hmm. to find the big one decades before it hits. Right, and, and I've heard they've even, like... We'll figure out a way to deflect it. And they, it's they, the they little one. They've recruited the like a bunch of uh, might um, hit New York City and and would destroy New York City and there's really nothing much we can do about that. Right. Hey, Wait, why not? Why New York City? Why not? Yes. Why not uh, San <laughs> Paulo, uh, Berkeley, Brazil. California? What about, what about <laughs> Reno? Reno stinks. Yeah, where are you? <laughs> How about Carson <laughs> City? <laughs> those are all possibilities, but I just thought I'd highlight New York. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I don't have to worry about. <laughs> Talk about odds. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the big one, you know, I mean, seriously, Jerk. we know about the ones that are, say, 10 kilometers and above, the ones that could cause a mass extinction. We know about most of those, not all of them, because one could come from the, from the place where comets come from 
unanticipated and hit us, but the odds of that are pretty low. Right. Uh, we know about the ones in the asteroid belt, and none of the ones we know of that are big enough to kill off everyone are headed our way. What's that keeping those asteroids it. gravitationally in that belt? What's that? What, what's keeping those asteroids in that belt gravitationally in, in the same orbit? That would be my pants. Well, that's just the sun. That, you know, they're the in sun. orbit. Oh, yeah, I heard of that one. But sometimes they get out of orbit because they can hit each other and be deflected or gravitationally uh, fling each other. And so, though we don't know of any giant things heading our way right now, that does not mean that we're safe forever from the giant things because a new one might get deflected into a path that intersects Earth. That's why we got to vigilant and keep looking for these things. And what, what do we do if we find one? We keep vigilant. That we, it's done, right? It's over. I mean, what are we going to do? Did, Donald Trump's going to ride on a rocket and blow this thing up? To ben Affleck? I don't think so. I don't know, man. You put no, I, no, no, no. So that's the point. We can do something. If you find them, say, 30 or 48 or 50 years in advance... Little bump. Then, yeah, there's the, then you can come up with a number of plans, and there are engineers and astrophysicists working on this, where... For example, you send a satellite up there, and you kind of park it next to the asteroid, and you just gravitationally deflect it ever so slightly. Right. And over the course of 30 or 40 years, that's enough for it to miss Earth. Yeah. Right. You know, it doesn't have to by well, much. It just has to miss. You give it a little nudge. Yeah, yeah, you give it a little nudge, or you bang something into it. Right. Now, if something's going to hit you the next day, tomorrow, then, you know, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Because... Give it a big nudge. Haven't they? Uh, they've uh, they've uh, uh, recruited a bunch of like uh, amateur astronomers. Like they have a bunch of people looking at these things who aren't like you know government officials and stuff. It's a bunch of like uh, sky watchers and things like that. To, and you know, is that correct? Well, there's more. It's more that professional astronomers now have these all sky surveys uh. where they're monitoring the sky over and over again and looking for things that move. Um, the the problem is is that. Most of the amateur telescopes don't reach faint enough um, brightnesses and don't cover enough of the sky, whereas with big telescopes covering the whole sky down to very faint limits, you can find these rascals long before they hit, okay? By the time something is really bright and heading our way, it's kind of too late. There's a couple more questions. I'm, thank you for so much for staying on the on the phone so long. I really appreciate it. It's fascinating. I mean, I could yeah, talk. Sure. I could uh-huh. talk. I could talk to you all day. And your phone connection is fa- fabulous. I must say. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that because um, I, I was worried about it. No, you sound yeah. great. Um, one of our listeners wants to know if you have any uh, planetarium recommendations for. Uh, most of our listeners are in New York, Chicago area. Like, if you wanted to, can you just can can a regular guy just like go to a planetarium and like look at the, oh, the telescope yeah. and stuff? A- 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 absolutely. So you know. New York and Chicago have two of the best ones. Chicago has the Adler Planetarium, mm. A-D-L-E-R, which is really great. And then, you know, New York, of course, has the Rose Center for, for Science. And the Hayden Planetarium within that Where's is really great. From? But the Rose Center mm. overall is a, is a fantastic place to go, as is, as is Hayden Planetarium in Chicago. If you're on vacation, there are lots of ways. <clears throat> sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, uh, if you're on vacation with like your family and stuff, do you try to seek out the coolest place? Like, hey, there he goes again. Come on, Dad. We're at Disney World. You oh, have yeah. to find the planet, to, you know, well, have to find the telescope. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, you know, the Rose Center is so fantastic 
that when I am in, in New York, I do try to go there. Uh, where is the uh, it's just got so many things listeners. going on in, in it. Um, so it's called the Rose Center for Earth and Space, right? It's, it's this big thing in New York with the, with the Hayden Planetarium inside. Uh, so it's fantastic. But there's also lots of ways people can get involved in, in astronomy um, more locally. So if you just Google or use your favorite search engine to look for astronomy clubs in New York or astronomy clubs in Chicago, I'm, I've got a web page up right now, and there's the Amateur Astronomers Association of New York. Plug for it. Example. Anim- a- and a- Amateur the, Astronomers yeah, Association of New York. Association of New York, AAANY, I guess. And then in Chicago, there's this thing called the Chicago Astronomical Society. You know, and these are like the top hits if you, if you Google amateur astronomy clubs or organizations in whatever city you're in. And so these things are easy to find, and nearly every city uh, has within it or nearby an amateur astronomy club. Astronomy, again, is, is a science that, that the general public can, can pursue more easily than, say, you know, particle physics or, you know, something like that. High yeah. energy particle physics, where right. you need the large hadron collider or something like that. Ooh, I want um, to ask you about that too. So, and and most, most, of these, most of these astronomy clubs have what are called star parties. They're star viewing sessions. And amateur astronomers love to bring their telescopes out and have other people look through them. I mean, it's kind of boring to just keep looking through your own telescope the whole time. So it's a very social activity. You look through other people's telescopes and you allow other people to look through your telescope. And uh, astronom- amateur astronomers who have these telescopes. Uh, even are very happy to have people who don't have telescopes of their own right. look through their telescopes because these amateur astronomers are showing these people something really new. And most of most amateur astronomers really love to talk about astronomy with the general public. Yeah. And so, in fact, when I got this little telescope as a 14-year-old, the first thing I did is I found out about amateur astronomy organizations near where I lived, and I grew up near Santa Barbara, California, and indeed there turns out to be this thing called the Santa Barbara Astronomy Club, and they, I became a member, and they would have these monthly star parties where we'd go to a relatively dark place. I'm sure they were shocked and when I you re- showed up. So I, I remember looking through the much bigger telescopes that some of the astronomers had there, and it was just a, a wonderful experience, and they were so generous with their time and their, uh, their equipment. So I encourage anyone who has any interest in astronomy to not only go to some major planetarium like the Rose Center or Hayden um, or, or the Adler Planetarium or the Morrison Planetarium in San Francisco, but to also look up uh, local amateur astronomy organizations and see what they have to offer. There was, I, had a, I had a co-worker who was, uh, who was involved in, uh, in an amateur uh, astronomy association out in Long Island, and, and to be perfectly honest, it was, it was fascinating. It just seemed like a real... Uh, a really cool time. Uh, think, there comes uh, a time in your life when you get when you get bored of playing with your own telescope. Oh, do you think uh, people should start maybe with bird watching and then go up to astronomy? <laughs> Mario wants to know if people should start with bird watching. Baby steps, you know. It's a, it's a logical step, right? It's a gateway. Uh, it's well, a gateway uh, hobby. Uh, I, yeah, I, well, I put it this way: bird watchers who have serious equipment, you know, uh, like a like a tele- telephoto lens or a little telescope through which they look uh, at birds they can get fantastic views of the moon and they can even see the, yeah. the moons of Jupiter moving around. They can effectively reproduce the observations that Galileo made 
four centuries ago. Well, I've been doing that with my kids, actually, with, recently with a small telescope, watching the moons, and they, some of them move from side to side every other day. It's amazing how quickly they move. And these are just fun things to do. So bird watchers, in fact, have, in many cases, the equipment that they need to get nice views of the Milky Way, the moon, Jupiter, things like that. I mean, what are we looking at in the first place anyway? Uh, you're really, when you're looking at a bird, you're really looking at the uh, building and blocks life. of space, carbon life forms. I mean, you know, right? It's a gateway hobby. I'm getting heavy, man. <laughs> I'm getting heavy. I'm getting philosophical. Right. There, there you go, yeah. I had a question for Dr. Polanco, if you don't mind, John. Yes, go ahead. He's not a doctor. Yeah, okay. but he's... <laughs> he must be a doctor. He has several doctorates. I don't know. Mario's well, I have one doctor. Yeah. Well, he's got then, one. Then Good you enough. are a doctor. Press the man appropriately. Go ahead. When, when you talked about uh, metrological extinction, uh, going back to the <laughs> extinction of the dinosaurs, right? That's what happened, yeah. right? That the, a giant meteor hit the earth and, and caused the extinction of the life form at that point. Uh, That's I had, right. I wanted to I uh, bring up uh, maybe a mutual friend of ours, uh, Dr. Richard Strutters. Does the name ring a bell? The name dropping. <laughs> What, what's no. the last name again? Strutters, Dr. Richard Strutters. He worked at NASA Goddard Institute, and he was... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I know the name. I don't know that I've personally met him, but uh, yeah. And Dr. Robert Jastrow. He was uh, at yeah, yeah. the Goddard Yeah, yeah, definitely, right. Uh, uh -huh. And do you remember yeah. Phil, who lived upstairs no, from Mario and Colin? Richard <laughs> Strutters was instrumental in that theory of the extinction of the dinosaurs, and I knew him because he came to uh, eat at our restaurant... <laughs> He worked at NASA. Was he eating he, like a he, giant he, ribs he with like Flintstones? He became a good friend of us. If I could, I mean, the man has an incredible burger. pedigree of, of working at NASA. Oh, wow. He got it in start to. So, so, so you didn't say to him, no soup for you? Yeah. <laughs> he was an amazing man. I mean, he came, he lived on his own, and basically outside of the science community, he would come to my parents' restaurant. And we were his second family. We would just feed him. Oh, wow. And he taught me uh -huh. so much. And actually, he helped Dr. Jastrow with his book, Red Giants and White and White, and white. It's name drop corner. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us a little yeah, bit about yeah. that? The only, the only thing more yeah. fascinating to me uh, than space is the space between Mario's ears. <laughs> I found it amazing. The minute I knew you were on the show, I thought of Richard, and I'm like, wow. Richard no one knows who these people are. Well, he Doc, does. Alex does. Alex yeah. knows. He so, what He's is just this, being polite. What is Red Giants and White Dwarfs all about? <laughs> that is a good question. Well, Do you hang out with yeah, other science? It's, okay. it's, it's a book that I read long ago. It's a good book, actually. Uh, our own sun in about five billion years will start expanding to a pretty big thing. Uh, and its surface layers will cool, and so it'll be a red giant. And our Earth will be fried because the sun will be 100, 200 times more powerful then than it is right now. So if you think global warming right now is bad, then, you know, yeah. in billions of years it will be much worse. And then what the sun will do is gently blow off its outer atmosphere, not in a titanic That's explosion, but a series of, of small eruptions. And what will be left over is the sort of the retired core of our sun, and that's called a white dwarf. It's not generating energy through nuclear reactions. It's just shining because it's a, a hot thing that cools down. Right. So that's a white dwarf, what a white dwarf is. It's the, it's the denuded core of our future sun. In your, in your world, the sun, our sun is probably kind of boring. Like, it's not going to explode. It's just going to die out, whereas, you know, other huge suns will turn into these big supernovas with the heavy... Uh, the heavy stuff coming out, you know. So how much our time sun's, uh, is, is our sun boring? Is what I'm no, asking. How much no, time no, do our, we have left? Our sun is very interesting, actually, because we can study it in such detail. You know, it's so close to us. It's compared super to close. Other stars. Yeah. 
And you know, one one good um, one good opportunity to study it in detail is coming up on August twenty first when there's going to be this total eclipse of the sun. You know, yeah, when the when Earth when Earth's moon blocks the sun and reveals the corona. And oh. studies of the corona can tell us something about how the gases are spewing out of the sun into what's called the solar wind. And in fact, I encourage all of your listeners to go and view at least the partial eclipse on August 21st through a proper filter. But if possible, go to the path of totality, because there you'll see not only the partial phases, but also the wonderful total eclipse where you see the corona. Right. And that's just a, it's a magical experience, and it's going to be... You know, not that close to New York, but you could head down to South Carolina or down to, you know, uh, southern Illinois. Actually, the, for the listeners in Chicago, it's going to be very near you. It's going to be in southern Chicago. I'm not sure if the path goes over Chicago. I don't think it does, but it's very close to Chicago. And so if you live anywhere near Chicago, go to the Path of Totality, and you can find that just by, you know, Googling total solar eclipse Path of Totality, right. August 2016, and you get to all these interactive websites where you can click on any part of the U.S. and find out just how much of an eclipse you're going to have. It's kind of an you know, ex exciting time to look up at the sky. I, I can't remember the last uh, three years where there hasn't been a planet hanging around. And uh, Alex will tell you, if you look up at the sky and the it's not flickering, you got yourself a planet there, my friend. That's right. I have a question. That's right. That's, he didn't, that's, he didn't know that when he was first looking at his first planet that he, he thought it was a star, but he didn't, he didn't know back then that if it wasn't flickering like a star, that it was, it was just a solid light. Then you're probably, and there's nothing else in the sky. A lot of times it's overcast. And right now we could see, uh, uh, is it Saturn, like next to the moon, so west, southwest yeah, of me? Just a second. Yeah, it is. I was just looking something up. Sorry, I got confused. The, the 2024, that... April 8th, 2024 eclipse goes right or in Chicago. But I'm looking at a map here, and you go, you've got to go down to, like, you know, Tennessee or Kentucky. And from New York, you're some distance away as well. But for any listeners out there worldwide or nationwide, try to go to the Path of Totality right. um, on August 21st. Yeah, now, August 21st, Path of Totality, CBGB's uh, this weekend. This August? August yeah. 21st. Yeah. But August 21st, Dr. yeah. Dr. Alex, you said uh, something. And then, and then you were asking about the moon. Um, yeah, the moon, I mean, it depends on what, what night you look. But um, um, the moon passed near Saturn in the sky just a couple of nights ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking see. like uh, five nights ago I was able to see it see, totally last clearly. Night, well, here we go. I'm looking up an article here. Hold on, let me look outside. Uh, the, this was June 15th. This was yesterday. Earth, Sun, and Saturn align tonight. Here's what you need to know. So, um, so yeah, that was last night. Dr. Oh, well. You said something about the sun burning out. So I think all our listeners want to know, how much time do we have left? Oh, you got, like, a lot of time. Thank you, Dr. John. I want Dr. Alex to tell yes, me. Yes, okay. You have, yeah, like, five good be, years. Well, you got a lot of time, but the sun is gradually becoming brighter, and... Um, Within about the next billion or two billion years, uh, unless there's a compensating effect in Earth's atmosphere, the oceans will basically evaporate away because Earth will become too hot to sustain liquid water. Yeah, but that's within about two billion years. People will be way dead by then. 
Yeah, but presumably our descendants won't be unless we destroy oh, ourselves. Uh, primordial ooze. Uh, what are you working on now? What's 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 your uh, newest project? Well, I'm I'm studying this dark energy that's accelerating accelerating the expansion of the universe, trying to figure out what what it is, and I'm trying to understand more of how you know stars explode and how black holes form and things like that. So, yeah. Just do you a, lot feel, of, a lot of cool things. Do you feel are you, are your kids interested in science? And when you talk to them about it, and talk to dark matter, and, and, and talk to them about dark matter and stuff like that, and the universe collapsing on itself, and the sun eating the earth, and all that stuff, does it make you feel like do, do you hold back at all, or you're just like, hey man, these are the facts? And do you you know do you feel like weird well, like, you know, as, depending, as, as a, yeah, as a, as a parent? Are, you know? I, don't, I try not to scare them too much yeah. with the facts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do uh, hey, do, listen. Uh, I have one I quick. To get going. He's got to get going. Oh, He's got to get going. And, yeah. All right, uh, crab not crap. The 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 the, the collider uh, is that going to uh, destroy <laughs> us all? Or what? The, the the what now? Did you the, say the 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 the, the collider? Hadron collider. We're smashing atoms oh, in the France. Large, oh, the large hadron collider. Oh, don't no. <laughs> you fine? It's not going to destroy us. Okay, uh, uh, don't worry about that. There's some crack. There's some crackpot <laughs> physicists out there who claim that you know. Uh, physicists are out to destroy the world or will unintentionally do so with the Large Hadron Collider. There's uh, essentially zero chance of that happening. And, and the reason I can tell you that with considerable certainty is that the universe produces high-energy particles called cosmic rays that are much, much higher energy than anything that's going to be produced by the Large Hadron Collider. And these things occasionally collide with, collide with Earth, and Earth hasn't been destroyed yeah. yet. We have much more to worry about, you know, uh, given our own self-destructive tendencies and all the wars and our treatment of the environment and things like that. And even the asteroid and stuff, are uh, th those are all bigger threats than the Large Hadron Collider. So will there, will, there, will there be sustainable perpetual energy? Let the man go. All right, I know you got Well, it. you know, the, the <laughs> solar energy, I mean, you know, people are beginning to tap into it renewable energy in general right coal is not going to last very long uh what? you know <laughs> so uh, i've wasted, that, I've wasted my life a lot of our it's not it doesn't make much, much sense to put a lot of investment into you know new coal mines and stuff right. but renewable energy sustainable energy like solar energy you know paving the deserts of nevada and arizona and stuff with uh with uh, solar cells that can gather that energy and then improving battery technology so that we can store that energy. Um, you know, those are, those are the renewable types of energy that will sustain us in the future. It's not the things that we're going to use up. And even if we use them 20% more slowly, well, that just extends the amount of time by 20%, but it doesn't buy us, you know, thousands of years and stuff. And so, the sun, right? The sun is this <laughs> obvious thing in the sky whose energy we can tap for a very, very, very long time into the future. And the challenge right now is to make it economically, you know, more feasible and to make right. it cheaper than coal and oil and things oh, like sorry, that. I'm sorry. I know you, you got to go. Thank you so much for staying on the, on the line for, for, for so long. Yeah, for so long. Yeah, do, you have any, do, you have any, do you have anything to plug? Do you have a website you want people to go to or ch check out your stuff? And uh, is Steely Dan crap or not crap? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Steely Dan. Oh, but, come on. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, there's, uh, yeah, there's always things to, to support and stuff. And so I, I would say to people, you know, support science in general and, and scientific causes. And one cause I have uh, right now is 
is an observatory that's dear to my heart. It's called Lick L I C K right. Observatory, and um, uh, you know the the University of California right now is going through a pretty tough time financially, and so yeah. we can't support it just through the university's um, uh, resources. So we're trying to raise money through um, through private donations. And so if you go to your favorite w- website and you type give to cal c-a-l give to cal give to cal um, c-a-l c-a-l cal uc berkeley is called give cal. is is called cal right and then right now and that takes you to a website called give.berkeley.edu but it's the first one at least on google and then you put um in the search box you put i'm doing it right now you put lick observatory mm-hmm. and uh, it takes a thing called the UC Berkeley Lick Observatory Operations Fund. And this is something I've set up to help support the science and the technology development and the public outreach and all the kids that we stimulate up there through our public programs. The UC Berkeley Lick Observatory Operations Fund. That's great. But anyway, you can get that through Give to Cal and then just type Lick Observatory in the search box and it takes you right to that thing. And so any public contributions, no matter how small and how large, are, are helpful. You know. Yeah. So and also, I would, I would, I would say to the rest of the audience, also, if if you don't know who Lick is, uh, he's worth looking up. It's a kind of a fascinating story about the funding of. Uh, oh yeah, J- J- centuries James old. Lick was this guy who came to you know San Francisco fortuitously two and a half weeks before gold was discovered in California. So he made a fortune basically through real estate because of all the people that came to California uh, during the gold rush. But he was very philanthropically minded, and in 1875, he gave seven hundred thousand dollars. That's in 1875, you know, for the establishment of this Lick Observatory, the most powerful telescope in the world at the time. And it's estimated that that's equivalent to 1.2 billion as a fraction of the GDP if it were done right now. So this right. was a very minimalist gift by a eccentric, uh, philanthropic you know, equivalent to today's billionaires, basically, you know. So, um, yeah, and we, we're going strong now at age 129, and we have a big public <laughs> program and a good science that's going on, and so we welcome the public support. Well, we, we, wish, you, we wish you the best, and uh, we, uh, we're glad to have you in the world, Alex, and really appreciate you well, calling thank in. Well, thank you. That, that was a very mind. far-reaching and interesting conversation. Uh, cool. Thank <laughs> you so much for <laughs> yeah, man. I, I mean, I could listen to you talk all day. I really, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a swell treat for us. So uh, we appreciate it. Well, listen, if you, if you, uh, if you like to listen to me talk, there's a thing called the Great Courses, or the Teaching Company. They go by both names, I think. But you can Google them or whatever, or or Yahoo them or whatever, and Bing them. And uh, I have several astronomy courses uh, uh, that I recorded for the the Teaching Company. One is called Sky Watching. It tells you about the things you can see during the daytime and nighttime sky and their physical explanation, you know, eclipses, green flashes, auroras, things like that. And then there's also a, a course I did called Black Holes Explained. And I then didn't a even giant get to that. on all you know? of astronomy. So, uh, so if you like to listen to and watch richly illustrated video lectures on astronomy, then I have yeah. several courses out there that you can that you can find from the teaching company. If you look Alex up, also I guess on YouTube and stuff, uh, he's got you know yeah you want, yeah you his, can his, you can he, find he, lots of lectures you that can, are free on YouTube. Yeah, you can pretty yeah. much like go to class for free. It's a, you know, most of his stuff's like an hour uh, an hour hour and a half long and stuff right. like that. So he's it's got good. a great smile. 
Uh, so uh, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate you taking Very the good. time out to do it. Okay. All right, man. Sure thing. Thanks, thanks Alex. Thanks, thanks Alex. Take care. Appreciate it. Reaching for the stars, baby. There he is, there's Alex. Yeah, cool. thank you. Man, I love sh- stuff like that. I love stuff. Besides you. Besides you. I'm no, Professor I'm Griff. As brilliant as that. No, but he is. That is a great one. Oh, mind. you're not as brilliant as this? this <laughs> no, a, I am not. Astrophysicist <laughs> with a PhD. I knew Dr. Yeah. Richard Strutters, though. Strutters. I mean, you know, come on. That was wow. great. You totally asked him if Steely Dan is crap or not crap. That was amazing. He wouldn't answer. He, he goes, I'm not here to talk about Steely Dan. <laughs> Everybody else is. I, know. I love that guy. Good. Good. I'm telling you. Yeah, just give it up for Alex. Watch, his, watch all his videos and stuff. He's just fascinating dude. Like that was a lot of fun for me. Thank you. We'll be back we after this. Nobody likes Rush. Uh, uh, we didn't even do crap, not crap with it. I forgot no, to ask him if Stephen Hawking was a complete yeah, I jerk. I had him on the list. Galileo, Copernicus, Galileo. Einstein. Who's, Who's the biggest jerk you ever met in Who's science? Who's the biggest jerk in astronomy? I also didn't get to ask, like, you know, Stephen. Why is it Carl Sagan? Stephen Hawking would, like, sci- science is such a fluid thing that, like, Stephen Hawking would, like, write a book. And you'd think it was like a textbook, and then like two years later, like, hey, everything I wrote in that book yeah, is just it's crap. Bunk. You know, it's bunk. I I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I changed my wife. So I didn't get to ask him about that either. But that was a fun interview, man. Yeah, I fun. love space. The final frontier. Bunch of rocks up there, in my opinion. When, we're, uh, when we're up in the lake house, <laughs> play something that rocks. Stars yeah, this is horrible. Mary, you got to see this lake house. Well, we're up, John. Well, well, don't play Space house? Oddity. Mary, you I never, will not. You never Thank told you. him that you don't believe in satellites. He doesn't. Mario thinks that's satellites. Nice. Mario has no understanding of Plymouth satellites. space junk that's flying around. When we're upstate looking at the stars, it makes us feel insignificant. I know that much. That's <laughs> what makes you feel insignificant? <laughs> I think you're insignificant all yeah, the time. Don't pin this on the stars. I didn't have to look at the sky. <laughs> hey, I know Dr. Richard Strutus. <laughs> that's right, Mario. That's right. You doctor, right. let me ask you a question, Doctor. He liked the medical. Do you think how many Mars can fit in the moon? Mario convinced them that we're so dummy that the teachers had to Google. <laughs> are, we, are we listening to Elliot <laughs> Smith so right now? So what you now? do is you go onto your computer and use a search engine. Why not do it yeah, yourself? Great. Why not do it yourself? Hey. hey uh, Elliot Smith. Go to Excite.com and I'm type in the search engine. We'll be back after this.
What a fucking mess. Yo, Kev. You wrong, Tron, bro. Sir. Thank you very much, everybody. We're back live from the broch here on Radio Nope. We uh, thank our esteemed guest, uh, Alex uh, Filipenko. That was doctor. amazing. Good job. That was great. Yeah. Doctor. You, you, you didn't even realize he was a doctor, John. You called everyone doctor since you got your surgery. Doctor. 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 <laughs> Can my you favorite doctor, John. Record. I've been blinded by science. <laughs> I was in the right place. Can you write my But script? it must have been the wrong time. I was in the place. I'm from New Orleans. Um, so ba- basically, you could go to Berkeley and take a cl- his class. Is that what happens? You enroll. In Usually, if you enroll in school, Berkeley's fun. You're able to take some. And a he could be your teacher. Courses, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's that easy. I'm going to his class. Sign easy. me up. Yeah. Okay. Tommy, got- what's in the news? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's back from his uh, European vacation. He's right. got engaged. Let's give him one more time. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank, you. Yeah. Thank you. Very excited. Biggest mistake I ever made. Yeah. I got to tell you. You're, you're in, uh, he, he did well. He did very well. How old are you, Tommy? He's coming out on top. He's 41. cashing out. Yeah, yeah. It's time. Yeah. Oh, bullshit. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> it's not like Holy shit, Jay. He's engaged. Tommy, I got to tell you, you're in for a lifetime of happiness. I actually am very yes. excited about this. You I'm know? just kidding. I really am. <laughs> Listen, My t- parting days are over. Sure. <laughs> when, when you get engaged at 41, it's not like you, John, where you just gave your life away at 20. Holy Turning sh- off his microphone. Holy shit. <laughs> what do you mean? I was 26. That, that, it, 26. In like my, uh, you I, know, in like the olden times, that's way old. I know. That's I'm a little like, late. That's I like 52 no, in Indiana years. I can't years. remember 26. Tommy's in the 50s, you would have been an old mate. Yeah. I'd be like an elder in the Aborigine tribe. It would have been dead. Well, you guys, you guys are very, very kind and gracious. And in return, I'd like to bring you back oh. a little gift that I brought from Italy. Hey, what happened to my Chicago pizza? You never it's right me. here. I listened oh, to the old show. Shit, it is. Oh, it was in your freezer the whole time? No, this yeah. is something else. This is from Italy, actually. Oh, they got it from a gas station. Is this a pizza from Italy? It's a pizza from Italy. We can eat it? Holy shit. I got it at a gas station. What do you get? A mouse in your pocket? Get out of here. It's Michelin rated. I have a pizza pie right here from Tommy Roxa from 256 or Oh, look at that. Hey, wait a second. This is made out of gummy bears and shit. Look at this. That is a candy pizza from the Italian pizzeria. Pass it to the diabetes guy. John just threw the pizza away. It's heavy. That's real Italian gas station pizza. Uh, Jesse and Brucey's are both listening. Uh, Jesse uh, of Mighty High and Brucey Churchill of Boston. Where's Brucey at? They're both together. It's, uh, apparently, their name is Jesse 
and Brucey in the chat box. Ooh. And Seriously. they said, uh, engage this. Just kidding. Congrats, Tommy. Oh, go. thanks, guys. Thank you. I love uh, Brucey. During, during the break, it was uh, uh, funny uh, the Peter and I came up with a theory that, that Tommy confused the Michelin guide with the Michelin gas station guide. <laughs> <laughs> we ate at the he best thought, gas station. He, yeah. thought, he thought petrol, petrol meant, was good. meant, meant yeah. restaurant right. Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Started. He was trying to fill up his gondola. With a liter of <laughs> petrol. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's a weird I just gotta stop, stop a forget. What'd you drive in Italy? Oh, we drove an uh, Audi A3. Ooh, not yeah. a Citroen. Oh, fancy. That's <laughs> Fiat. Yeah, no, no, no. This is like a proper car. You know, it was it all black and Peugeot? tinted windows. And Fiat is a is a high selling uh, automobile friend. I don't think you should uh, be making. I had a weird cars. Audi in Italy that they, they didn't sell it. here. It was yeah. like this little compact. It was mm. like uh, it was like a Volkswagen Golf essentially. You know Fiat this, for? It's an A2 or something like was that. Was it diesel? Uh, we were supposed to go with a Volkswagen Golf. But we upgraded to the Audi. What A3. does Fiat stand mm. for, Mario? I can't wait to hear this. Fix it again, Tony. No. <laughs> <laughs> My best is the best is when they when they tried to debut the, the new Italian. the new Fiat the new Fiat 500. They tried to debut it, and yeah. uh, and they had Jennifer Lopez up in the Bronx in this big fucking film, and the car broke down on the shoot. In the Gucci model, <laughs> they had to. They had to hook the car up to a rig because it broke down on the chute. She couldn't drive it I up got, the fucking street. Oh, you got to jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mario, do you know what IROC Z stands for? Uh, Don't say it. No. Uh, I race on, on conduits. Uh, race, on, race on conduits. <laughs> okay. I th- I, I, Mario thought it was Italian uh, uh, R word out cruising. Yeah, I drove an IROC. That's how P-Mark. politically correct we are now. Mm-hmm. No such thing as satellites or the mafia, my friend. <laughs> That's right. Actually, funny, uh, that, funny time, you yeah. say that, Mario. My gondola driver, he said to me that when, when I was driving by, like, the Grand Canal, there was a huge... This, this is already a Robert Plant lyric. <laughs> my gondola driver asked me My gondola driver. Then he said to me, the big canal. You got a tip. There was a sign that said, no mafia in Venice. And I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, there's no mafia in Venice. And I'm like, what do you it's mean? It's what it says, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there on the sign. What, are you trying to read it? Shut your face. And I'm like, but why would someone write that? And he's like, the real mafia is the administration who uh, sanctions our gondolas. Right. And I was like, all right, man. I'll I'm watch just stop right. that old gag. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. right. No, seriously, he was like all like, there is no mafia, it doesn't exist. Well, there's a certain segment of people, sure, that they well, are, are better off underneath a mafia rule than a government. Uh, mm. But there is no mafia. That's what he said. And no satellites. I'll take Sal at his word. A John Gotti was a plumber, and from what I hear, a damn good one. He's great. <laughs> Licensed. Really good. Yeah, real great. Just a bunch of guys it's trying to hang out. I will take make a living. <laughs> but Be wait resourceful. for a bit, cause I have to pee. Yeah, these guys are... Firing on all cylinders here, aren't they? Sons of bitches. Look, I gotta go to the bathroom. You sit here and listen to some Zeppelin. All right. Uh, I'm gonna, gonna put my phone on Spotify. He pulls the gondola it. over to the side. That's what he did, dude. Led Zeppelin ripped off all their songs from Gondola. I leave it on my phone. I have a Spotify. A gondola was no <laughs> You listen to man. a Zeppelin. <laughs> a Spotify. <laughs> dude, those things are beautiful, what they call man. it there. I, I, was, I was watching uh, uh, My Cousin Vinny the other day because it's on TV all the time, and he does say to her, he goes, I'm a scared. It kind of holds up. I'm a scared. <laughs> my Cousin Vinny's a great He's like, you're going to do fine. You're going to be fine. He goes, I'm a scared. 
It's my, <laughs> it's my dad's favorite movie. I think that I hope that was an ad lib because he's just I love a jerk. my cousin Vini. <laughs> <laughs> it's the judge. What's his name? It's got fucking. Uh, 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 it's got Frankenstein as the judge. <laughs> it's called disclosure, you dickhead. <laughs> You're right, Pete. Frankenstein is the judge. You think it takes talent? To play Fred Gwynn <laughs> as the judge <laughs> in Frankenstein. He loves that movie. <laughs> Two youths. He said one thing. Famous forever. The 55 Buick did not have positive traction. <laughs> <In motor. laughs> that car couldn't have made those skid marks. It's a slip differential. <laughs> positive traction was only available on the 1964 sky, which nobody would ever consume. Positive traction opened up for uh, latex generation on the Warp Tour. Dude. Good, good band. <laughs> a saxophone, I believe. Maybe two. We're playing at Randall's Island on Sunday. Randall. Oh. Punk Fest. <laughs> one o'clock. <laughs> Governor's Island, 1 p.m. on the punk stage. That was our slot, dude. 1 p.m. Punk Island? Yeah, In my biological the clock, is he's ticking, ticking, ticking. Governor's? Like, no, it's out like in... Uh, Rikers? Yeah, it's like out in Rikers or somewhere. <laughs> kind of cool. Hey, should we do the news? You got some news? Ah. I got some news. Tommy, I'm sure, has plenty of international news. I hope. He's, I he's I been do. away for a long time. EU and by the news. way, Tommy Rockstar, who was away, he didn't have to come back this soon. He ran back here to do this show. And I appreciate it, man. Fucking that's that's I dedication. I was going to go upstate tonight, but I, you know, I had to come you back. Were in, it seemed like you were in Europe yesterday. I was. Which you were. He was in paradise. And then, and then he was in Florida because I looked at it and go, oh, it's Florida. And now you're back here. Like, how do you do it, man? I don't know, man. I'm, going, up, I'm you, going upstate tomorrow. Are you, Tom, are you exhausted? Do you want to die? See, I'm going to see Tom Petty in the mountains tomorrow. What time are you going to like? Mountain Jam? I'm going to Mountain Jam. Mountain Jam. Tom Petty's oh, yeah, playing with yeah. Mountain. He is. I was going to go to the Mermaid Parade, but my That's buddy's going also. to Mountain it's Jam. It's a bad crowd. The Tom Petty yeah. crowd is. Yeah. 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 It's like a red. I love Tom Petty, but I don't know. The people go to see him around here. John, I'm going to work in the house, so it's like 20 minutes away. My wife is going to Tom Petty. I heard he tips good. I got escorted out like Charles Oakley at a Tom Petty show. Well, who else? Yeah, is playing besides Tom Petty, Tom. Same, the Steve, same, the same maneuver. Uh, Stephen Miller. Uh, yeah, Steely Dan. Oh, I hate Steve Miller. Uh, yeah. That guy's still alive. And the string cheese early? incident. You guys know. The I saw a lot of bands. I had an issue with Time Out in New York today, and I was looking at BB King's. And Leslie West of Mountain is playing legally so, of Mountain. And who else was that? Uh, how could you, you, you took umbrage with Time Out New York? Fish that after party. Lord of news. No, there's yeah. David Dude, Allen someone Coe. left it at work. I'm yes. like, ooh, look at David it. Allen Coe. I couldn't believe he's still like, alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can get you on to some of those shows, man. My buddy Jake puts that dude on. You David, David, David Allen Coe? David Allen Coe, yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy's a maniac. That's yeah. your guy? Actually, yeah. wait a minute. One worth going to. I could probably get him on as a guest if you guys want Holy that dude. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete, you could get David Allen Coe. It's Jake's best friend. You're kidding me. Dude, easy. David Allen Coe's got to be like in his late 70s. Yeah, I saw him play at music hall. He was pretty wild. How much? Well, I'll tell you what, he's going to get suspended right quick if he's tried to use that N word on my show. Oh, not even that. He'll, he'll, yeah. It's, uh, each night is 100, but Tom Petty's 120. I tried to explain yeah. to my brother, I was playing him David Allen Coe because we were listening like Outlaws on Pandora Turn and stuff in spotlight. the work. And I'm like, uh, well, he's kind of like, you know, a, he might be a, like a special needs musician. Yeah. It's like he's Rocky little, Erickson. Yeah, he'll he's do got, whatever it takes. No, he's, he's, he's mental. He's got a little mental. You, you want know. like Yacht Rock? He'll do it. He's, he's off. He's off. And it's good. They're that's all up, but that, he's a little off, allure, like, you know. You know? Yeah. What's in the international news? Yeah, my favorite s- part about it was that my uh, Jerry Lee Lewis is playing, and uh, oh. that is the worst Jerry Lee Lewis cover band I you've ever seen in your life. Was uh, is actual Jerry Lee Lewis? You know they got to wheel him out, and it's like he's not that old. He's only like eighty-two. Yeah, he's playing. eighty-two. Oh, but great balls of play. Yeah. He's but what goes but what yeah. goes along with being eighty-two is going. What do you mean my band sucks? I'm paying <laughs> him forty-two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no beards allowed. <laughs> You're so replaceable. John, you want some international news? Yeah, I want some news. 
All right. Give me some Jerry Lee Lewis news. Oh. They call him, they call him, uh, what do they call him, Pat? They call it a barrage. They, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's his nickname? Like the terrible guys. Bocephus. The jerk. Bocephus jerk. is pretty shitty. <laughs> what That's Steve Martin. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee oh, Lewis? Killer. 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 Yeah. yeah. There you go. Thank <laughs> you. And now here's some killer, killer news. He play, I heard he plays a piano with his uh, cane, like Mario. His fake foot. There's a knock on the door. It's Jerry Lee Lewis. It's a shoe. I don't use my foot. I had an operation, damn it. What's in the news, Tom? What's in the background? I don't know. I'm fixing it. Yes, sir. It's a commercial for Russell Westbrook. Benvenuto, Tommy Rockstar. All right, in the international news, this one's out of Pennsylvania. Jurors in the building. Jurors in This one's out of Pennsylvania. Jurors in the Bill Cosby sexual assault trial have returned for a fifth day of deliberations. Did you say Transylvania? Twice he comes out of the courtroom. People like Bill Cosby, you really goes. Yeah, I know. What are you talking? You're on rape charges. Somebody told me about that, and I thought I was being pranked. And if, I had to go back and look at it in the internet yeah, and realize if that If OJ real. could yeah. get away with murder, certainly Bill Cosby should be, get, be able to get away with this. His defense was Michael for the rest of the Jesus <laughs> no. This is what I thought about with Trump. Like, he keeps uh, tweeting himself into a hole. It's almost like that. Like he, he's this close. It, it reminds me of like when OJ wrote the book, If I, if I Did It. <laughs> this is how I would. Like, wait, wait till well, you know I don't story. want to. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm under investigation, but f you all. I have a knife here. OJ dazzled. I would have a knife here. I want some shoes here. I want some gloves here. I thought he would be part Wrote a book free, called yeah. "If I Did." This is how and I he explained it. how he would do it. I'm half a which sentence in. Which is the same in. way. All right, sorry. I wanted Barry to pardon OJ. Sure. So he's he's more than half a sentence in. <laughs> <laughs> flim flam. <laughs> Razzle dazzle. He's busy trying to fit a token into the payphone. <laughs> Jurors in the Bill Cosby sexual assault trial have returned for fifth day of deliberations oh, yeah. this week after deliberating for <laughs> over 40 hours in total. <laughs> The befuddled panel of jurors <laughs> befuddled, befuddled. reportedly had an impasse this Thursday, but were told by the judge to, quote, keep deliberating in hopes of yeah. reaching a verdict. Tommy, you, you know just the, go in there and keep talking. They couldn't remember the, anything. The defense, uh, you know, like, did, like, five minutes and rested. Yes. Yeah, but that's all. Imagine. like. But yeah. th that could be seen as a, listen. Power move? First of all, they can't know. put him on the stand because that just opens. Now it opens no. up to other witnesses. It never works. No. It never works. However. Like <laughs> probably go into material. On Friday. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He still he, thinks he tells, he's on stage. He tells stories that meander and he'd be like, you know. Right, it's like, hey, yeah. look, it's the drooling guy from the dentist. Ha, ha. However, Let me do the chocolate cake bit. Nah. I watched I Spy. <laughs> I once purchased a Quaalude. <laughs> However, on Let Friday morning. Let talk about the kids sneaking down the stairs. Yeah, you know Bill Boy is like, no chocolate cake bit. No, Bill no, no, has no, like no, the no. last stash of lewds on earth. Trudy. Tommy is actually. Let me tell you about how I used to put the kids to sleep. <laughs> no. Oh. no, Bill, no. Tommy, Tommy. Tommy Rockstar is at the point where he is. Going like this with his hand, like in a to egg, to make himself go faster. <laughs> Tommy, if, if it wasn't for us interrupting the news, the show would be over. No, at I love it. I, just let me, okay, I got more juicy right? parts for you guys. He only juicy. got up to like Bill Cosby. I know, literally. However, on Friday morning, jurors came back with more questions. According to TRNN reports, the miffed jury wanted to know, quote, what reasonable doubt meant. Oh God! Really? Yes. These Holy shit! I mean, you know, they don't know anything. Asking uh, the, to rehear We're Cosby's deadlock, deposition. We're 
the, the jury had another question Friday afternoon asking to hear more testimony, and one juror repeatedly kept asking if Jello was considered an actual food. Right. So what happened was uh, Cosby didn't testify, but his deposition from a sealed uh, civil case before that was civil. unsealed. I'm about to open this sealed envelope. You know, which is kind of like, you know, I'm not, I'm not defending Bill Cosby. He's guilty of sin. But I mean, it's kind of crappy when you're like, "Hey, man, this shit was sealed, but imagine dude." Imagine the jury like not I knowing. I don't think who he's Bill guilty. Was. The more I hear oh, about God. it, the more I think oh, he's OJ. Oh, you think really, Green man? Day is punk rock and Hillary Clinton's president and they Bill Cosby's not guilty? They gave me a lifetime supply if of they putting cops him, to, you know. to say this. Oh, Judge Stephen O. Fickle explained <laughs> to Cosby oh, the the exact <laughs> meaning of a mistrial. <laughs> is it Judge Jell O. Put <laughs> jury of his peers? Exact meaning of mistrial. No one's my peer. I'm the funniest guy. After concerns of the publicist's comments on the case, right. referring to it as a win and a victory, later in the day, O'Fickle warned Cosby's defense team about continuously re requesting a mistrial. Was, was patio furniture not available? <laughs> patio Esquire. Cosby is charged with three felony counts of aggravated indecent assault stemming right. from allegations mm -hmm. that he drugged and violated a woman <sighs> in his suburban Philadelphia home in 2004. Yeah, I mean, he totally did it. Yeah. What, what is it, like 86? So it amounts to a life sentence, but, you know, Well, it's hey, funny man. you say that. Each count carries a maximum 10-year prison term. Right. Though he, he said the counts right. could be merged right. at sentencing if Cosby is convicted. Cosby's you want to know the most alarming thing about this entire thing to me the blindness when i got fingered by bill cosby no it's that uh who's that uh that uh, that model who's like way out there she's very very oh, burnt dude, dude. Oh, it's rudy twiggy no, no, no the, one, the one from the 70s yeah, yeah. twiggy oh, you know no, who i'm talking about exactly though right yeah about, and she yeah. had like a, like that model show and whatever you know. and she was like you oh, fucking yeah. you know who yeah. i'm talking about like five it's minutes, not twiggy yeah. Uh, no, she was she's on, like the first like sister. Who's she calls her claims yeah. to be like the first supermodel. Yeah, blah blah yeah. blah. Whatever. What I can't about remember her? her name? She's uh, involved well, in the mm -hmm. in the case. She claimed she was on like the Stern show years ago, and she was like, "Bill Cosby drug me," and Howard just potted down her mic because she's clearly a lunatic. <laughs> now, now I think she makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> now I believe her. That's the most alarming thing to come out of this entire trial. You know what? You seem trustworthy to me now. I got to tell you, Rob. We got to get a Ronnie limo <laughs> driver out there and uh, start screaming these Yeah, you're a maniac. You're, oddly, you're, you've gone berserk. Oddly enough, Pat Cosby's lawyer. What is it, Baba Booey? We got Rob Zombie coming in <laughs> a little while, and uh, uh, elegant, elegant. Train's offense. gonna play some Zeppelin songs. Cosby's lawyer, however, said that the cause was quote sharing a consensual moment of intimacy. You're a right. was a victim. Consensual, consensual, no, mo a, a consensual moment of intimacy with all of his ac accusers. Right. Cosby took to Twitter late Friday afternoon. Yes. Oh, no. He takes to Twitter? He took to Twitter. Idiot. To thank his supporters, tweeting, quote, thank oh, you to man. all my fans and supporters around the world, adding, quote, adding, quote my legacy shall prevail. He is uh, delusional because you remember when all this stuff first started happening and then like 13 women came out and he's like, I'll be on my comedy show. And like he yep. still went out and like, what the hell are you doing, man? Just, just dude, yeah, hide in a hole. Low. It's an entire football team. If I was Bill Cosby, I had his money and I was 86 you. years old. I mean, I'm not defending what he did. He, he should rot in jail. I would be so... The fuck out of here! Like I, I hide in the cargo hold, Costa Rica. I'm done. <laughs> I got cash money in my pocket. <laughs> done. The See you later. Right. What are you? Are you gonna just stay and face trial? I didn't spend my life making a billion dollars, so I can't run away from the law. What do you got in your mind? Flight risk. Camille. Right. Yeah. I don't like to fly. Come here, book a flight. I'm leaving the country. <laughs> <laughs> go, believe me. Where you gotta go, Camille? 
This story is out of Hollywood. <laughs> no extradition. Where we go? Pete, Pete, Pete with his uh, Bill Cosby impression. <laughs> Coming alive. I like that because it's, it's not exaggerated. It's just Bill around the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> just hanging out. Where's, hey, Camille, where's the Swiffer, Camille? I don't need, I don't turn it on as much around the house. Conversational Bill mm. Cosby. <laughs> hey, Camille. No rapes today. You're just chilling. Oh, we got a mayonnaise. What's cappuccino? According to consensual. That's what he says. Why do you say that? No, that's what he said. Bill Cosby. Time out, time out. The man was a part of my Turn him up a little bit. Time out a second, man. He's got a point. I want to ask you a question. Yes, yes, John. You believe Bill Cosby is innocent because you like Bill Cosby. I say Uh a jar of these and a little consensual sex never hurt anybody. Oh, my God, Mario. Turn him back down on the next No, I'm going to turn him up because I need an excuse to kick him off my show because he's advocating like rape. You got to edit that one. Don't edit anything. I'm saying it, it was it's a different time. Oh, the only thing he did wrong was when he was married at the time, wasn't he? Uh, that's oh, yes. the only thing he did. Wrong. He, he, he's having it's the cheating, not the not, rape. Uh, he's it's unfaithful. To his Thanks wife. for turning into our last show, everybody. Oh my God. It was, did you see those movies? The seventies, okay. everybody was popping pills and doing it. It was the, it was right after yeah. the sixties. Do you understand the difference between the man taking the pills and putting it into, into someone's drink so he could John, take advantage? Do of you it? think that Bill Cosby's got a list like Mario where he oh rates the people? Hundred percent. <laughs> really? <laughs> Bill I'm Cosby sorry. has a piece of paper. B plus, Ramones, Finger, <laughs> Third Base. Angel, I thought Angel and what drugs he put them on. <laughs> Mario, for the sake of I love you. Uh, according to sources, aging Kiss frontman Gene Simmons has filed an application. <laughs> With the United States Patent Speaking of date rape. My name is Gene Simmons. <laughs> Last week. Sorry, to, <laughs> to trademark the so-called <laughs> devil horns. He's trying to trademark the freaking the metal sign. Trademark the devil horns. By the way, gesture. Dio should have that. No, but well, the thumb is out. So made like, famous yeah. by in rock and roll. Simmons. Cl- uh, I'm the first person to think of that. I have a theory, Tommy, that he's just doing it to keep his name in the news a little yeah, bit. They won't sense. pick up my show. Simmons That's claims in the filing that the hand gesture was first using, quote, commerce back on November 14th, 1974. A date that appears to correspond with Kiss's Hotter Than Hell tour. Mm. Italians have been giving the devil horns to people for centuries. <laughs> Was that a shitty tour? Listen, man, this guy, I, listen, I think he's just trying to get his yeah, name back exactly. out. He hasn't I'll been around in a while. Yeah, he just wants to, to see what's going to happen. He goes, I come up with a crazy story. Everyone will think about Gene Simmons. Me, Gene Simmons. Did, you ever, see, did so you ever see anybody throw horns at a Beatles show? I can't. Did you ever see anybody throw horns at a Kiss show? No, that's right, because Kiss invented it. Who throws metal horns at a Kiss show? It's basically, you know, pop rock. It's Fears for Fears with makeup. I invented that. I've seen Kiss. I've seen Kiss. Like, re- <laughs> like twice. Pre makeup removal? Both. I'm both I, without I, and with. Oh, oh. I saw Kiss at Jones Beach. I was at that show. Nope. And some other show. Never went to. Never they stunk. Did. Yeah, right? I couldn't imagine. Mary, you never Jones saw Beach, them? Jones Beach, No, I, I refused. I did not like them. Why? They were a ripoff. Uh, they were just another. Uh, another. Is it, is it because they didn't on. drug and rape women? <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't know? You're, you're we all know how much you support that. Huh? I'm not into that. Who was a gentleman? I apologize. <laughs> oh my God! To Who's Susan, got a headache? Sharon, and uh, people. <laughs> I've never. It's all consensual. <laughs> I thought. I, I'm just saying. At the time, I thought it was consensual. I hope I don't sexual. 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 Drop it and think it's your sexual. Consensual yeah. is my favorite Chili Peppers record. Now that I look back. <laughs> now that I look back. Maybe they weren't into it. Maybe not. As much as I thought. I didn't drug them. 
We, we drugged each what? other. Oh, God. Right. So, <laughs> anyway. Right, what about you? The, fo- you the follically challenged oh, shock God. rocker Jesus is apparently attempting to secure <laughs> the mark of for, quote, entertainment purposes, namely live performances by musical artists as well as, quote, personal appearances by musical mm-hmm. artists. Simmons wrote in a 2002 autobiography. I invented using two fingers. He didn't write anything. He, the guy's in... <laughs> Wrote anything. Not two, I said. Simmons wrote in a, a letter to autobiography that the infamous gesture was his accidental invention, but uh, author Steve I Roxley... I saw infamous gesture and accidental invention <laughs> at CBGB's. Open up for Kiss in 1978. <laughs> Nobody knew who Kiss were back then. On a Sunday afternoon. Um, however, <laughs> author Steve Roxley... I think I saw them on the Warp Tour. It's Monday at 2 p.m. However, uh, author Steve Roxley, writer for the uh, Hollywood rag L.A. City Beat, tells TRNN not likely. Back in 2004, Roxley con- uh, conducted a it's non-scientific Steve survey of heavy metal musicians. Say hello to my bass man, Styles <laughs> Bitchley. On the low end. This is my moment. Roxley con- conducted a non-scientific survey of heavy metal musicians regarding... <laughs> Let's call the professor up. It's non-scientific. I'll call Alex. Stripe. Let's call Alex on the horn. You know he's going to pick up. Uh, regarding the origins of the Devil Horns, uh, which it refers to as "quote the international greeting of Shouldn't heavy metal," the ecstasy. devil have the copyright to that shit. Like would, the actual devil. Lucifer. I would love to see an actual scientific survey of this. Wait a minute, there is a thing that Italians <laughs> hang on their mirrors. There is no right. devil. Staring the, the, into microscopes. The devil horns are hung on the mirrors of the Iraqs. No, those are the uh, Iraqs. The Little Italian peppers are supposed to keep away the no, no, demons. They have, they have the, the devil like... horn too. I mean, pe- Italian parents have been giving the devil horns to their kids for years. They called Cornuto. Even Chris Kazuka is saying, pull down his fader in all caps, tape it down, pull the no, channel no, out no, of the no, next No, 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 no. Stop it, Sean. Exactly. I, what, I'm just saying what the chat box says. That's Kazuka's. That's your friend. Chris, He's part of your crack. Simmer down, Kazuka's. Oh, stop. I'm just kidding. Everyone loves you. When Roxley Shut asked late up. rock legend Lemmy about the source of the devil horns, Roxley and Lemmy coming at you. <laughs> noting the cat. <laughs> in the 9 o'clock hour. 6 to 10 every morning, Roxley and Lemmy. Roxley and Lemmy in the evening. <laughs> after oh, dark. I don't like to wake up too early. Right after, get the lead out. I hope you like Deep Purple. I'm walking along, I only wake up like 2 p.m. Steel. I didn't know there was a living beer. What the fuck? Living beer. bird. I just can't get up until morning. And shot. noted the casual. I no mean <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Roxley? <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> How you doing, Roxley? Good morning. <laughs> you got some rainbow to play. And noted the casual claims of Gene Simmons. <laughs> Lemmy replied, quote, There's a bleed monkey. There's <laughs> yeah. a bleed nape in there. Some bird. Can't tell if there's a flashback. <laughs> My guy's playing every fucking sound. Lemmy replied, well, he's a monkey in court. Gene Simmons. <laughs> What's that monkey, Timmy? Well, she shags I, I saw, like a monkey. I, I saw that Harry Anderson was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> this is a monkey fake as hell. Bad and wrong. This is a sitcom like court, right? You're, John. you're fucking war John, machine. John Come here. Go ahead, Tommy. Sorry. Sorry. You turn Mary up a little bit? Please. Stop telling me to do that. He keeps screaming I can't hear my mind. Wait, wait a minute. I love, you don't have to turn me up that high, but Thank why you. do you always turn me off, John? Exactly. I don't know. You play Thank my you. monkey bit. I'm the originator of the monkey. I should be able to say I do a good monkey. Are you going to have it copyrighted? <clears throat> don't pull my monkey. When uh, Lemmy replied to Roxley, quote, well, Gene Simmons would obviously claim that, wouldn't he? God, he's so evil. Come on, give me a fucking break. Roxley tells TRN, the former Black Sabbath shouter, Ronnie James Dio lays claim to the throne. Repeatedly... Uh. 
first raising his horns before joining the band in 1978. Right. Dio's widow, Dio, Dio. It's a threatening Dio, posture Dio. to make him look taller. Dio. You're on Widio. He also put, used to put his hands behind his head to turn him like a cobra. And all that hairspray. Dio's widow, Dia Dio. Slam Simmons this week in the tabloids <laughs> for forsaking her lo- husband's late metal legacy. Dio, Dio. Danish She's Roman. <laughs> Danish, that's song. my favorite Duran Duran song. <laughs> Danish drummer Lars Ulrich of Metallica chimed in telling TRNN via a phone interview this week. Get I'm all so, the fucking money you can, no, right? Why not? We earned it. We wrote it. Why don't we get the money? Get all the he, money you can. He got in before Grohl, huh? <laughs> that he doubts. <laughs> that he has no doubts who the originator was. Uh... Lars no Ulrich my mind. said, quote, uh, that that's got to be Ronnie James. What's James Dios? It's a diamond head. I haven't been to Denmark in years. Ulrich told Tiernan, that's got to be Ronnie James Dio, man. I remember Rainbow used to play in Denmark all the time. He started out open for them, and then they opened for us. And Dio did a lot of that. Lars Ulrich is the only guy who says man in testimony. Lars Ulrich sounds like... (laughs) Read that that back to the jurors. Lars Ulrich sounds like Paul McCartney if he got hit with a tennis racket. (laughs) Less than you 12, dudes. Adding, quote, back in 75, it was all Rainbow, Black Sabbath, and Thin Lizzy, dude. When it was good. Mm. Wouldn't you confirm that? Lars Ulrich was I 10 did. years I, old in 1975. I went to see Rainbow in 77, and then he canceled. I saw ACDC. You know that. That's right. That's I right. used to play a lot of Thin Lizzy to psych me up on the tennis court. I couldn't mm. have Richie Blackmore, Mountain, Leslie West. You're a fucking CD right. player that works. This story is out of uh, Wyoming. <clears throat> <clears throat> a 21 year old. A 21 year old man. <laughs> Wild stuff. 21. Has Can suffered severe burns. <laughs> this, is, this is really in the paper. Severe burns. <laughs> this is, I don't know if you know. Like, this is really in the paper. This no, is this, really, is yeah. this is printed. This is in the paper. He suffered severe burns. Can't make this he stuff up. Severe burns. This is in the paper. After accidentally falling into one of the infamous Laugh hot springs at Yellowstone National Park, Shellystone, <laughs> but shockingly survived. I saw the infamous hot springs at the Delancey <laughs> this <laughs> July first with risk reward out and the knoll. <laughs> shockingly survived this too, Mary. They have bottle service at the Delancey. <laughs> but shockingly survived the incident of the ho- extremely hot temperatures. Park official says. Wendell Slipton of Raleigh, North Carolina. Wendell Slipton fall. Wendy Sliptron. Wendell Slipton used to play uh, guitar in uh, Judas Priest. (laughs) (laughs) Those first two records. Who was an employee of the National Park Service. Fell into the spring of the Lower Geyser Basin on Tuesday after after baffled park attendees watched in horror. That's the third baffled in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Wendell Slipton. Slipton was with seven other people when he fell in. He he was taken to the ambulance to uh, West uh, Yellowstone in Montana and was uh, then flown to the University of Utah Hospital in Salt Lake City for first degree burns from the waist down. Ooh, Ooh, that's a bad one. Pretty bad, dude. Think yeah. about it. Waist yeah. down Lift only. Down, yeah. Give it up for window slipped in. He's an employee. He should have known better. Hospital spokeswoman. Hospital spokeswoman Susan. And on the lead guitar. Glenn slipped in. Correct Tron, bro. Hospital spokeswoman Suzanne Persley told TRN that the man was in critical condition as the incident. Still under investigation. 
Critical this, Condition is my favorite Wes <laughs> Slipton album. That was the Wes uh, Anderson movie. Yeah, that was the, uh, the post Kevin Dubrow uh, Quiet Riot record. <laughs> I, th- I believe Jake E. Lee played in that. Critical right. Condition. This story is out of England. Oh, it's a <laughs> hello, 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 governor. Where's the news from? The last three <laughs> stories weren't out of England, but <laughs> that was a wicked doogly. Hello. Uh, I don't even know how it went up in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> A British uh, Fife pensioner. I think I came here to make a record. I tried to roll a Brexit. A British Fife pensioner who won over $1 million on a lottery scratch off card said he Do initially. Do you know what that means? Actually, I don't. Fife. I don't know what a Fife pensioner is. He's getting a pension. He's his... played a Fife. What's a Fife? <laughs> <laughs> it's the B side of, like, you know. What did, what did Keith, Her- uh, Keith Hernandez. <laughs> what Br- Keith- British Keith Hernandez. What did Keith uh, say to his kids when he's dropping off at school? Fat? He's dro- Keith. Uh, Keith from the Rolling Stones is dropping off his kids at school. I forget his Keith last name. Keith, Keith Hendricks, Stones? I believe. <laughs> he hey, you don't give your kid. <laughs> hey, don't be giving your teachers any lip, bro. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, kid, don't be giving no hassle. Hey, hassle. so come here. Don't be giving any of your teachers hassle, right? <laughs> don't be doing that. He's Mario. Like in a minivan. You, yeah, because you yes. mouth off to your teachers might wind up being like a fucking billionaire like me. <laughs> You might relate to the story, Mario. You might relate to the story. You behave yourselves, I'm, right? I'm baffled here. You straighten up and fly right. <laughs> Don't be fucking about. And they turned down. His accent's getting all oh, over you're the back place. Up. You're it's back the up. only five I know about. They turned down my mic. I'm Your mic is up. No, 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 no. You couldn't be louder. I haven't said a word in hours, but I'm just yeah. listening to you guys. You, have, you haven't stopped talking I'm the whole show. Baffled. You gotta, you gotta be quiet, right? I want to hear Tommy's news. A British fight pensioner. A British Fife pensioner who won over $1 million on a lottery, lottery scratch-off ticket said he initially believed he had just won a pint of milk. Bill Bett of Merchant Trent, England, bought a... It, that's, that's what it says here. Bought a, just because you wrote it. <laughs> you can't say, that's what it says I didn't, here. I didn't make it up. Yeah, this ain't the AP wire. That's what they told me. It actually is. Mm-hmm. Bill yeah, Bett... Exactly. Bill. The Nuremberg defense is your fucking news. <laughs> Bill Bett... <laughs> I was just following orders. It was That's what was printed in the sheet. The Nuremberg defense. You're a fucking maniac. <laughs> Bill Bett of the Merch on Trent, England area bought a Monopoly That's millionaire. right. I'm comparing you to a Nazi. <laughs> Thank you. That is correct. Guest mi- height! That's <laughs> the loudest mayor has ever been. <laughs> Who put his mic up? I don't, my mic's on. I don't oh. have to say anything. John just keeps playing me in infinity. News Nazi. Bought, <laughs> bought a mop Monopoly millionaire card this uh, from a local shop on June 1st, but was confused after scratching off the, the ticket. Right. Quote, when I saw what the amount, it didn't really click. On the card, it said one mil. So I thought to myself, what the hell does that mean? Have I won, to, won a pint of milk? Okay. It doesn't take a... However, the shop confirms that... take a lot of smarts to be a... Is what is pounds? he, a five coordinator? Five coordinator. <laughs> He's a soil farmer. Dude, the, the guy won All a right, fucking... you two guys who decide to play the five. Uh, we need to coordinate. He, he, won one, he won one million pounds, but it said one M-I-L, so he thought right. he won a milk. And that's like a million three. However, the shop owner confirmed to the 69-year-old that he indeed won a top prize. Bet told Tiernan, quote, I bet, uh, I went back to the shop and asked them to check it. They confirmed that I had won and that actually I had to call the lottery line. I couldn't believe it, but I, I remained quite calm. Hello, lottery well, line? you know, like, yeah, it could man. be weird. Hey, you know? no, like, I don't know. Like, no. like, <laughs> no, like a million dollars could be really good, right? You know, All like, down you the could get like a million dollars. But, but, uh, but I mean, but think if you were like really thirsty. I, I like good. how uh, um, that album opens up with Scratch Off. That's a good tune. 
When I got home, if I was really thirsty, I probably really want you know yeah. like milk over a million dollars. I can't drink a million dollars. Like what am I gonna do? I gotta go to the fucking bank. The man said, "When I got home, I phoned me three sisters, and uh, all thought I was winding them up." But excuse me, it's ring the three sisters. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I ringed my me three sisters, but they said that it couldn't have happened to a better brother, and they're rather happy for me. That, this I don't know. Guy won a million bucks. No, they all good, good together in yeah. a million pounds, Cold which uh, pounds. I believe now with uh, Trump as president, worth five dollars. No, the pound is still higher than. Then they asked dollar. me if they could borrow a pound. Mario, I have newt. Mario, following the international <laughs> currency <laughs> fluctuations, the but they claim they're really happy for. Is that the news? Even when I went to uh, Europe in the eighties, we got to get Ryan a chance strong. here, man. No, my final story, which is two paragraphs, oh, oh which is related. Is according to a recent industry survey, as much as seven percent of Americans believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a real story. Well, Shaq is large. He's like seven percent. Are they all, all under twelve? <laughs> he makes up at least. Actually, three. no, Mario. The survey was conducted <laughs> by, by weight. It was conducted by Innovation and U.S. Dairy Corp. That's uh, what Alex uh, works for. So I made my big fortune. dairy. Back in April, when <laughs> one thousand adults, excited. eighteen and over, were asked about the role of milk plays in their daily lives. According to reports, the study finds that 48 of respondents... Come on. John, listen to this. This is real. The study have found that 48% of respondents weren't sure where chocolate milk came from, with 7% outright claiming that they thought they came from chocolate uh, from brown cows. Jesus Christ. You know, you know when 7% seven, when 7 of the people claim that they admit to that, there's another 10% who are like, no. Uh, That's only 70 yep, people. Cows, cows got into the chocolate patch again. <laughs> <laughs> That's only 70 dummies. Mario, if you, if you run Time the numbers, to round up, it adds up to 16.4 million people who believe this. Which is higher than the population of Ohio. Man, that's one. That's a big waste of chocolate right there. Who else here? I'm Elvis the farmer. Pass. Coca. Coca leaf gone for me. That's right. I picture a farmer in an Elvis accent. Yeah, why is your cow a slave? Ooh. Look at that size of that cow, man. I won't miss her when she turns. Past studies. must come from some kind of brown cow. I don't know. Memphis cow. Past studies published by similar outfits consistently show Americans have no idea. Studies. That they have no idea where their food comes from. For example, right. a study in the 1990s found that nearly 20% of people did not know that hamburgers came from cows. Uh, sure, yeah, a, a wonderful, magical animal, Lisa. Did they ever take some Bosco and pour it in a glass and figure out they made chocolate milk? Don't tell the doctor that one. Don't give away our secrets. And John, according to this, that's the news. All right. Get your ass to Mars. Very good. Tommy Rockstar Thank with the news. Tommy. We're Did glad to have him back. Unfortunately, there's no batteries left in Ryan's game. We're up to the minute. Oh, really? No, <laughs> Tommy Rockstar has returned from his trip. Returned. He made a special trip to make sure he was back here. He got engaged. This is a happy day, baby. Yeah, got to do the yeah. news. Nice, Tommy. Nice. I could see in your face a little too, Tommy, that you're like a little. No, he's a little older, he's, a little wiser. He's, no, he's like yeah. glow, he's a little glowy. I'm yes. rested from vacation, yeah. dude. I haven't no, had a vacation no. in like five years. No, that's called you're happiness, smitten. man. You're smitten, buddy. Good for you. I'm I feel good about it. You should. I do. I feel really confident. About it. You got a nice God, lady. Right. There. Got the glow. She's the you she's the best. She's glow. a great girl. Come on, we're keeping the audience waiting here. All Let's right, Ryan. Game. What's hey, in the I game? Every week, Ryan comes yeah. up with a game for us that Mario talks over. We don't know what's going to be. <sighs> Mario's very helpful to the game. We're a grain of I am. I'm gonna take score. Why are you getting mad at me, Tommy? He talks over the whole thing. What am I supposed to do? It's my show. Even Steven. He's doing it now. We all talk over each other. 
Hey, Ryan, what's in the game this week? I don't talk that much, he said. Mario, go back and listen to this show. I could talk I over Ryan's whole game if I, that were Matt Thomas. I, I listened to the show from two weeks ago. You did a great job, Don, John. Thanks, Thanks man. Yeah, everybody just Don. leave Mario alone, all right? Yeah. We're leaving him alone. Right. Let's go. Let's we'll the name alone. of the game tonight is uh, Box Mario. I wish he'd so. leave yeah. you alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice knock setup, by the way. No, I just, I just made that up. Punch him in the head. Oh. Uh, Damn it. So uh, we played this once before. We'll play it tonight again. All right. Uh, this is, the name of the game is uh, uh, Name What Song. Uh, this is the opening line too. So okay, what? that's the name of the whole name. What song? This is the opening line too. Oh, so you're gonna name uh, the, the line. song? I'm just the you, song or the I'm song and you, the artist? I'm gonna give you the opening line to a song. Right. So is it the song or the artist? And we name the song. You're it's, gonna name the song. That's all cool. you have to do. We're good. Let's hit it. Right, because so, because some of these songs uh, were done by Covered, many people. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Right. I smell, I smell the watchtower coming. <laughs> so if I were to say. Um, Bottle of red, bottle of white, even though it's not the first Thank lyric. You'd yeah, you say Billy Joel, something. something like that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, okay. So I, we got, I think I understand the game for once. So uh, we got buzzers tonight. Everybody, I checked yeah. everybody's nice. buzzers already. You guys are all set. We're in. All right. Looks like we're all set. And hey, go. play along at home, chat box. Everyone yeah. jump in there. Hop in there. I'll right. give you credit. Question number one. You went to school to learn girl. You went to school to learn girl. So with the you cadence, went to isn't it? To learn yeah, that's going to throw you off a little. Yes, he really. Uh, yeah. I want you back. That's a good strategy, right? Uh, no. You press your button. Good guess. Good oh, guess. Oh, it's ABC. Anybody else want to try? For the steal? Hmm. Why don't you come over? Help I me know, straighten out my hell of a steal. Yellow. I know the answer. Yeah, it's ABC. By the Jackson Five. Five yeah, that's Thank right. You. Oh well, Pete doesn't get. I didn't want to steal no, it. No, because he said it after. I guessed the wrong. Got wrong. Hey, Eric, you got it right too, by the way. Tommy Rockstar on the board. Well, that's a stolen. Stolen. Is that correct? I'll take it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tommy got it. By the way, put Erica's name on here because she's uh, she's texting me during all this. All right, Eric is in. All right, Erica. You just missed it, it by that much, Mama. So be a little quicker. <laughs> uh, whoa! Thought it was a nightmare. Whoa! Thought it was a nightmare. Hmm. Whoa, thought it was a nightmare. What is that the opening line to? What song? Thought it was a nightmare. It's the opening line of a song. It's a Bill Cosby song. Can anyone guess what it is? <laughs> it's got to be dumb. Is that Chad? Thought it was a nightmare. Nothing going on here right, on the get, chat let me, box. let me give you the next line, too. Uh, I'll say them together. Whoa, thought it was a nightmare. Lord, it was so true. Whoa, thought it was a nightmare. Lord, it was so oh, true. Thought it was a nightmare. It was so true. <laughs> Chad, Chad Chooch, uh, I'm going to give it to the... I was thinking more like, I'm just a <laughs> Is it Proud Mary? Uh, you're close. It is CCR. Oh, oh, no. It's Run Through the Jungle. Oh, Run Through the Jungle. Oh, Mario, jungle. give that to the chat box. <laughs> chat box gets the point. Let's go. Chad, Chad, Chad Chooch is on the board from Canada. Nice. Thunder Bay, Ontario oh, in the house. All right. Question number three. I am a patient boy. I got John, you're in. Uh, that would be waiting room. Yeah. Nice yes. Now, is it I, I am a patient, comma, boy, or is it I am no. a patient boy? I'm right. a patient I'm boy. Patient as I'm patient patient boy. Like, I'm a patient boy. Yeah, I yeah. keep referring to you. Yeah. See, I always thought it was like, I am a patient boy. Like, oh, comma, boy, let boy. me tell you. Let me tell you, man. Boy. boy. You know, boy, like, I'm a patient boy. Like, I'm a patient sitting in the waiting room with boy. Hey, don't get me started. That was me yesterday at the hospital. No, that's a thing. It burns when I piss. <laughs> Question number four. This is the day of the expanding man. John. 
I blew it. Three, Got nothing. two, one. They, they expand the Anybody line. else? Like Rush. Give us another line. Don't this, list, Don't let them lobby. This is the day of the expanding man. Mm. How about some popular music, Ryan? Chatbox totally got it. Carlin Reed's Carlin got it. Carlin Reed got it. I got to give him a point. What is it? Deacon Blues Deacon by Steely Blues. Dan. Carlin Reed, you're on the board. Oh, I'm glad I don't know that yeah. one. Yeah. Give Carlin and Chad Church a point. I'm giving the Chatbox a, a combined score. They have two. Chris Kazuka's got Makes it, sense. but too late. All right. Question Chad Church saying sounds like a porn. Here we go. Yo. Yellow. Here we go by Rancid. Wrong. John. Um, it's a uh, fucking stop by Jane's Addiction. Wrong. No, no, Here no, we go. go. That's You're all wrong. Scenario by Tribe. Oh, that's right, oh. sir. Oh, I had it. I had it. Stole I don't know me. any new rap. Here we go, and By yo. new, I mean it's 20 years old. John, do you like that move that I gave you? <laughs> that was nice. Clicking. When are you going to plug in the drill, John? So plug it in. Far. Plug it in. Plug in what? <laughs> I said that was my psych out technique. I just kept hitting the button. Yeah. But I did. Come on. Plug in the Here drill, John. I'm pulling the trigger. Plug in the <laughs> fucking drill. <laughs> Pound cake. Question number six. Jump back. What's that sound? John. Um, everybody look what's going around. Uh, it's, it's, oh, I just looked the whole thing up. I got it. Paranormal strikes deep. I got it. Shit, I forget the name I of the song. The it's not in the lyrics, the yeah, name. I think no, you guys not. are throwing it's, this. Uh, there's a parentheses in there. I give up. Does no. purple work? No. Clear it. Oh, it's called, like, We're All Doomed. I got it. I know. Hold on. Everybody stop it. hitting the it? button. Everybody uh, stop hitting the button. Because right. I think we're hitting it too much, and it won't stop. Uh, we fried the machine. Yeah. You confused it. See? People are going to ruin it. Scott's a chap by saying Woodstock. Season of the Witch. No. Dude, it's Panama by Ben no, Hillen. I got it. No. Everybody, everybody, I knew a few of you knew that. Sorry. I thought it was Buffalo Springfield. Maybe yeah, you're yeah. right about the Nobody band. Gets a point. I well, can't what's the name of the song? Paranoia Strikes Deep. Does our, do our lights work, Ryan? No, so the next one we're just going to do a shout out. What's the name of the song? Let it let it run because I think it'll. What's the name of the song? Panama by Ben Hillen. Panama by Ben Hillen. No. Season of the Witch. Jump back. What's that sound? Shit. Mm -mm. <laughs> this one shouted out if you know it. Model Citizen. I've been really trying, baby. <laughs> trying to hold back this feeling for so long. Just yell it out if you know it. Yell it out, John. What happened to the thing? Just, uh, just wait on it, yeah. I've been well, it's, uh, it's um, Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. All right. Uh, nice. Good, John. You got the best. You're tied with the chat box. The, the buzzer is out now? Re reset it. I think it's going to come back. Unplug it, plug it back. Just don't hit the button. Okay? Should we hit it test it or no? We good? Next one's going to be just a shot at that one, too. All right. I don't need no final motivation. Uh, Satisfaction by the Ramones. Well, I mean, no, that would be Ramones. Shiny Destination. The root yes, right. the root. Shiny Stones. Destination by the Rutabagas. Correct, Pat, is correct. <laughs> Damn it. You're tied with John Houlihan and the chat box, Pat. Right. Question number 17. Lion. <laughs> cheating. That was a good show. <laughs> Lion. That's, uh, um, cheating. In Pedro. Oh. Uh, uh, your time uh, is going to come by that one. Um, right. Um, uh, Waiting. Uh, you Pack out it already. Pack out it already? Yeah. Damn it. Pat, was I right? All right? Buzzers are working again. Oh, Pat Travis. Because you stole it. It's going to ever keep me down. 
Fingers on the buzzer. Next gentlemen. one on buzzer. Ready? Well, I'm a gonna raise a fuss. I'm gonna raise a holler. Mario. Summertime Blues. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to raise a fuss, I'm going to raise a holler. Working all summer just to try to make a dollar. I'd like to help your son, but you too know to vote. That's one of my karaoke uh, staples. I sing karaoke under this karaoke. Karaoke. Under the pseudonym uh, like Walter. Main Street. I can't believe you pronounced yeah, pseudonym I, I signed up for karaoke. Okay, apparently over. the buzzers are back. Don't yeah. Touch the Next book. question. If he was from Venus, uh, John. Um, that is uh, Alex Chilton by the replacement. Nice. Alex Chiltron, yes. Alex Chiltron. John is tied with Pat. He would feed us with a spoon that best. You get a shiver in the dark. John. Oh, uh, shit. I'm wrong. It's um, um, three, two, one. You're out. Oh, I got it. I got it. Keep giving it to me now. Um, it's um, uh, Salt and Swing. Yes. Yes. Oh, you get a shiver in the dog in the bed in the park and mean not to help your son, but you uh-huh. I just found JJK. I, I kind of cheated on that one. You give me half a point. No, the Springfield thing is for what it's Why'd worth. Why'd you cheat? You look well, like I took too long. No, 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 no. you're fine on that. You were fine on that. You're good. I'm giving you the point, John. Right, he still has a day job. <laughs> Harry doesn't mind. I was dreaming. When I... It's uh, um, 1999, my prince. Correct, Correct sir. Wow. Nice. Oh, John Houlihan is running away with it. I will kill you all. Next question. I can't find my sounds. I think I ruined everything. Baby, right. take off your coat. Baby, take off your coat. Somebody. Is it leave your hat on? Yes. You got to be kidding. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, John. That was a total wow. fluke. Jesus. God. That came from your fucking reptile brain. I cannot <laughs> believe I pulled that out of my you head. You're yeah. quite a herpetologist. His next one. I like this one the best. Hi, everybody. I'm Archie Bell of the Drells from Houston, Texas. We don't only sing, Hello. but we Hello. dance just Hello. as good as we want to. Pat, tighten up. That's right. Yeah. A little tighten up. Uh, that's the music you to tighten up to. Here it is. Jill why, got it, too. Why do my thoughts loom so large on me? Question mark. It's not by question mark, by the way. Sounds like Elton Eltron. Why do my thoughts loom so Why do my thoughts loom so large on me? I'm thinking more Green Day. I think more Rod Stewart. I try to make them loom less large. I don't know. I like that every time Mario tries to six that out loud. Chat box. Tommy. Elton John. Nothing yet. Nothing yet, I don't think. Nothing yet. Still on tighten up that chat box. What is the lyric again? Why do my thoughts loom so large in me? Yeah. Hmm. Didn't I do it, baby? Didn't I do it, baby? The answer is the uh, Rolling Stones. Oh, oh man. Not the Delphonics. 
Not the Delphonics. Known for their deep thinking. She smiled sweetly. Uh, well, that's a deep, yeah. Chatbox didn't get it? Nobody listens to that song. No Chatbox oh, point? Nope, nobody got it. Wow. Totally stumped. <laughs> Just on, like Peg like. I got, oh. I got a couple more. All they, right. got sent, they got sent to me. These are from Nick. You got a score, Mario? I got the Nick. score. You're in the what lead. is it? Sean, you have six. Pat has four. Everybody All else right. is in the back of the pack. Five more questions. Love is a burning flame. Fuck, I know this. Love is a burning. Oh, fuck, yeah, it's um. Mario. Uh, that's the Talking Heads. Wrong. And I will always love you. Elvis. Yeah. Love is a burning flame, and a flame with the love and flame. Flippy flop. Love is a A flip flop gets. Ring of fire. Correct. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. love. Catching up. Pat is catching up. I'd like to help your son, but you're too young to vote. <laughs> you guys turned it into a rockabilly tune. <laughs> Fucking well, like, Mario keeps turning everything into old-timey piano. It's like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Mm. Uh, next question. How much time we got? Uh, Six minutes. Yeah. To the time. Uh, Eight minutes. Breaking <laughs> rocks in the hot Tommy Rockstar. The Clash. Oh, well, know. no, actually, technically not. What's the song? What's no, the song? I bought the law on the law. Yeah, one. but uh, it, it's an original. Breaking rocks in oh, the, the summertime. <laughs> I'm pressing. I'm pressing. <laughs> you can't Hot spin rock. it out. Go ahead, Mario. Oh, he, got he got it. He got it. I fought the law on the law one mm. by not the Clash. Not the Clash. You don't have to say who it's by. Oh, Tommy, you got it? Well, Pete got it, technically. Pete got a point. Give it to Rob and people with a... I was I was not paying attention. I would have pressed the button. I, I Sex gun. Load up on uh, um, Tommy. Nirvana. What are you talking about, Tommy? Yeah, I think it's Nirvana. He's holding his buzzer. Teen Spirits. Uh, hey, come on, man. Don't give him the answer. Lithium. You gave him the answer. It's, it smells like Teen Spirits. Teen Spirits. Wrong. Pat. It smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. That's right, sir. What are you talking? I just said it. You said that like three times. He buzzed in. Oh, the buzzer. Yeah. Oh, you had to buzz the steel? There's protocol yeah. here. You Come just on. fucking rocked one without using Who the got buzzer. it? I thought the buzzer was broken. Who got the buzzer is back, baby. The buzzer was Pat buzzer. Walsh the buzzer got back it? Better than ever. Oh, this, wait a minute. This is a tie now. I love the buzzer. I it was all called. It's a 6-6 six, six tie. <laughs> Pat Walsh and John Hulahan be on God notice. damn it. He dun, tied dun, me dun. and I had... Yeah, he tied you on that. Like Gotta use your buzzer, B. Lose to the best. He rolls his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to. And uh, wait a minute. Tommy, Pete, and myself are going for the second place because we're all tied with right. one. I don't be on the board. Wow, is that really what's going on? This yeah. is the tightest game we've three, had in a while. Two sixes, Tighten three up. ones. The chat box beats us all. Right. Pat and John with Bobby's three. driving through the city tonight. Shaken by that? Eddie Money. No. <laughs> John. Stirred by Eddie Money. Seek and destroy by Metallica. <laughs> no. Bobby's driving through the city tonight. That's great. No, Looking for you right. to start like him that, that. that was the demo version. It was very specific. <laughs> else? It's about my friend Robert. I'm Bobby. pressing. I'm pressing. Mario, go. go Boys are back in town. No. Good guess, though. <laughs> no, not really. The oddly specific demo version. Who just back. It's not breaking the law. This why not. No, go ahead. Breaking this the is law. his address, no. and this is where he likes to stay. And this is his Bobby's phone number. driving through the city tonight. Um, Scott in the chat. Are we done with the Scott? Scott in the chat box saying leader of the pack. 
It is Say Goodbye to Hollywood by Billy Joel. Jill in the chat box. Jill Leviet has gotten it correct. Nice chat box. Jill, it's not a Keith impersonation. It's a generic rock star impersonation. That song blows. All right, so who's the tied between again? It's John tied. And John and Pat, and then me yesterday. and Pete and Tommy are tied for second. Yeah, but John and Pat Nobody cares the, about you second place. We're having the battle of the bottom. There's two minutes <laughs> left in the show. Second place is oh. out. Oh, I have uh, something to If to you're not say. first, you're last, baby. We have John five, and I, head to head. Five minutes left. Uh, man five minutes. Two mano. Then tuna can comes. That's right, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's so... It's like two minutes. If you and Pat get one of these, you win. Hey, Thank Lemon, what do you think about the fact that we got five minutes left? <laughs> I wish I had five minutes left. I stopped thinking about the concept of time a long time ago. Well, I won't go for five more minutes. It's busy circling things. Difference in the picture. I never know what happened. Uh, can, can, I, can I take a minute to say... No, no, no. go, 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 go. Sitting in the classroom thinking... It's a drag. John. Uh, that's Smoking in the Boys' right. Room by oh, Brownsville yeah. Station. Oh. Very good. And you win the Ryan game. Wow. I can't uh, believe it. I thought two, was one, two. Congratulations, John. Good job, Pat. Uh, that was, uh, you know, could have gone either way. I got to tell you, you were a uh, formidable opponent. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a formidable opponent at CBGB. Formidable opponent is my favorite uh, sick of it all record. <laughs> I heard they open up a token entry. They open right. up a token entry. It's time for plugs. Mario, what do you got? I, I want to say I want to wish Conan the best in his move to Milwaukee. Yes. Right. And yes. I apologize yes. for thinking his wife was called Lindsay Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> and does that mean Radio Nope is moving with him? I guess so. No, stop it. It's he's a server the, in a room. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, but he's taking it from California. Why do you to don't add long. extra stress to my life? All right, Pete, do you have anything to plug? Nothing. Thank you, though. Love y'all. I Tommy Rockstar, anything to plug? I do, actually. I'd like to see point Pete out. at every show. I yeah. Like, I never told you guys this, but so in Italy, I got night. tattooed. Oh, no. What do you got? Ooh, nice. Well, he has every Guns N' Roses concert see it on tallied. Facebook. What's it say? And the last slash mark is actually an Italian flag. That's all the women that he's proposed to previously. Over pizza. Finally. Yeah. Mary, I have an Italian I, flag tattoo. What do you think I, of that? Can I uh, promote something? Yes. yes. So, uh, what's, uh, what do you have to put? Watch uh, Master of None Season 2. It's the greatest television show ever. In Italy. That's with, uh, what's his name? Aziz? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, right? I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. And Ryan works on that show, and it's a great show. Everyone loves that show. John, you got anything Watch to plug? You would love I have nothing to plug. Listen to Lock uh, in the Barrage every Friday Ward night. playing July 1st. July 1st, Risk Ward at, at the Delancey. I am walking to that show. And how about up. next week's guest? Oh, Martin Starr of uh, Silicon Valley. And yeah, after baby. that, we have Larry Dallas from Three's Company. We'll see yeah. you next week, everybody. Go F nah. yourself. It's the greatest day in the world history. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.